Okay. Jack, yeah. to answer your question, my pants are much like a wave function. You have to observe them first in order for them to be there. <laughs> your pants? Yeah. <laughs> or not be there. It's, it's the clear. Heisenberg uncertainty principle as it pertains to my pants. And welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at adzhorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Sleep sweet, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is another one of the least believable newscasters I've ever seen in my whole goddamn life. It's Mark. Hey, Jack. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. Except, except this week. Yeah, except this week. We're breaking the format. Jake, what are we doing this week? We're reviewing two horror movies. Why are we doing this? Seems uh, outside of our <laughs> capabilities. Does frankly. that mean we have to drink twice the beers? Ooh, I'm planning on it. I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> uh, well, Jack, uh, not too long ago, we recorded a podcast. We drank beers, and then we sat down to watch a movie that is the follow-up to a movie that I think all three of us really enjoyed. We all commented on it in our own way on the podcast. Yep. Uh, Hell House LLC. This is Hell House LLC 2, the Abaddon Hotel that we watched together. We got into a little bit of a Twitter conversation with our friends over at the Creepy Podcast, and they recommended, hey, why don't you guys just do a double feature, which pretty hard to turn down. Yeah, so we're uh, we're going to break format here. We're going to try our damnedest to do a, a double feature. Uh, yeah, you've been warned. This week. Consider so, this your warning and, of and both another, spoilers and fucking yeah, and just there's another warning. a mess. We're going to spoil both of these movies. And look, yes. they're both available on Shudder. So go check out Shudder. It's just and, always worth it, especially yes. for listening to us, though. And we are not sponsored by Shudder yet. We aren't. We say hey, Shudder, send us things or beer, whatever. You guys, you guys know they're not going to sponsor us if we keep just doing it for free, right? Mark, are you calling me a slut? This feels like you're slut. Whoa! Me. I mean, Whoa. you took it there. You took it there. You did. <laughs> We're, your mouth, your mouth uttered those words. <laughs> Uh, Hell House is also on like Netflix and other shit too, so you can. See uh, it's not that. on Netflix. Yeah. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, oh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hell House whatever. LLC two Abaddon Hotel is though a Shutter exclusive. It so. currently is a Shutter exclusive, and we're gonna spoil both. Yep, we got there. Yeah. Uh huh. And when we do, um, we're gonna have to get really drunk. I, I kind of mixed up my train of thought there. Hey, let's do beers for fears. Wow, that's how this part goes. We're doing it. We're this breaking is, this format. Is a great Jack's jump into the beta. Jack is the getting much, 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 much worse. My at job what is our hard enough are. on a week to week basis without you screwing with the format. Jake, what are your beers for these fears? Well, so you guys will remember last year during our October pickathon that we go through, where we kind of pick Octobery or Halloweeny movies, which we have to do at the end of this podcast. Stay tuned listeners Ooh. we're gonna be drafting i think what we'll do is there are three more weeks in october each of us will draft one horror movie that we think is reflective of the season which we all know and love anyway uh i don't even know where my train of thought is you see how you rub off on me jack my stride's broken again <laughs> oh yeah halloweeny <laughs> octobery autumnal things i picked the most autumnal thing that i could think of and frankly find in the store when i was looking for something that would coalesce with a haunted house and that is hayride pale ale by County Line Brewing here in Boise. Now, I got to tell you, I really don't care for this beer. I gave Jack one of them. I'm going to keep drinking them, though, because we have a lot. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at this beer. You did hand me one. It's it's brewed in Garden City, not Boise. So number one, incorrect. Dude, Garden City's it's like Lesotho or whatever that fucking place is. It's like totally enveloped by another place. <laughs> Random Lesotho number two, check. 
Hey, let's do yeah, two listeners wow. out there. <laughs> Swaziland too. Think. Might as well throw Swaziland into it. Yeah. Yeah. Did I you like have that. a point about this thing about Garden City? What was your point? That was that was number one. Number two, oh. I like the like branding of the whole situation. I oh, like actually, the can is it's, fantastic. It's rad. Yeah, yeah the branding really here cool. is great. Yeah, good logo, cool design. Yeah, I don't love the beer either. I gotta no. tell you what, no, it's no. Uh, not great. In any case, the pick, I you get the connection. Haunted houses, hay rides is what you do in in the October uh, Halloween follow lead up season. So sure. so wait wait wait, wait wait hold on. Good branding, but fails to deliver what you were expecting out of it. That's it. And which is going to lead us right into my beer for the week. I picked Inversion IPA by Deschutes uh, because what this franchise did, and, and rating spoilers for me, was they had an under-the-radar movie that proved to be pretty goddamn great. And then they inverted that whole concept, and they made an overhyped movie that ended up being shit. So... They, they, Shutter in, they used an inversion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shutter doesn't have to love all the movies they fucking publish. A lot of people are watching it, I guarantee that. Yeah, because of us, I think. It's that A to Z horror bump. Hey, Mark, what are you drinking? Well, thanks for throwing it to me, Jack. I am drinking- <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I am drinking Hell's Keep Golden Ale by Squatters. Because it has hell it in has the name. Hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a keep, which is kind of like a castle, which is kind of like a hotel. And wow. I was waffling back and forth on whether or not I should just drink the one and then fill it back up with water and drink like the tasteless remnants that kind of remind me of the beer I once had. But there you, go. there you go. On reflection, I actually just got a second one. So we'll see. Well, how you'll feel out. better by doing it this way. I guarantee that. Yeah. 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 Now, ordinarily on the podcast, is where we would run through everything else that's been rocking our collective horror worlds. But number one, this is kind of going to be a weirdly structured episode, so we don't Very. need to spend 20 minutes talking about everything else. Number two, there's one thing that's rocking our all of our collective horror worlds simultaneously. Jake, what am I talking about here? We're talking about the Idaho Horror Film Festival, Woo-hoo! buddy. It's, it's rocking our horror worlds in the sense that we're like a week away, and we're going to be there for the second year in a row. Going to be some good content coming your way cannot wait they have great programming this year it's cool to see how they're expanding yeah basically you, you didn't everything actually... that it is that they do within the genre it's not just i mean you were there last year i unfortunately was stuck in fucking rhode island so you can comment on your first experience with it but it seems like they're really reaching to get into more of a holistic immersive horror experience than just like hey come watch some films in a theater Totally. So they're, they're doing a lot of different stuff, and every year they're growing exponentially, right? They're, they're early yes. on enough in their existence that they're still branching out in new directions, and it's really goddamn cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could not be more excited. Mark, you were here in town last year. We had a goddamn blast. Every aspect of it is terrific. Yep. I still, uh, I'm still holding my breath to see uh, a full-length feature of So We Summoned a Demon. That was, I think, the one, well, the one that yeah. stuck with me the most. That one's awesome. Another really cool thing about the film festival is it is run uh, entirely by women. I mean, there's definitely men working in the support staff and all that kind of stuff, but like all the leadership is women, which is just really goddamn cool. So just all in all, it's fantastic. If you have any reasonable opportunity to make it to Boise by what, uh, like five days from when this podcast drops, do it and come to the film Mm -hmm. festival. Mm -hmm. Tickets are eminently reasonably priced for everything you get and you just have to do it. I mean, and just like a little sneak preview as to what's coming i mean we're gonna how cool is this we're kicking this thing off like midweek next week a little bit of a soft i don't want to call it like a soft opener it's like a teaser for what's to come they're showing a quiet place inside the boise public library 
It's so fucking rad. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek. Oh, it's cool. On. Cannot wait. Uh, you guys will be getting some cool content. Like I said, last year, Jack and Mark dropped a, a pretty drunken follow-up. I'm sure we'll be doing one of those <laughs> midstream. We'll do a full-fledged follow-up. We're going to have another really cool interview with someone who I know you all know. So stay yeah. tuned for that. Yeah. And uh, probably some more, actually. We're, we're trying to line them up and knock them down. In any case, that is rocking all of our collective horror worlds. It should be rocking yours as well. Check them out and support them in any way you can. Yes. For now, we better get to this very strangely structured feature presentation. But it is a feature presentation. Feature presentations. Features, features presentation. presentation. Features presentation. God damn it, Mark. Fuck. Almost got out clean. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched two different movies. First, we watched 2015's Hell House LLC, and then we watched this year, 2018's Hell House LLC 2 colon The Abaddon Hotel. It's now, weird actually, that it's been three years. We should talk about if we did both of those, because we've all seen Hell House LLC. Did we all rewatch Hell House LLC? Yes. Yes. Mark? Yes. Good. Me too. I mean... Of course. And then we watched Hell House LLC 2 colon the Abaddon Hotel. Pretty recently, Mark, you were present with us on a Skype call. Yeah. Uh, we, we did some like pausing and unpausing to try and sync them up. It was odd. and It was, at- it was unarguably the worst viewing experience. Movie aside, I had to mute my <laughs> side and listen to and your listen- side. Like listen to the That's movie fucked audio up, dude. through. We should have been using this rabbit thing, this rabbit service. It does rabbit sound like we should have been. Yeah, uh, but we didn't. We did it like we did everything, just barely through to the best of our terrible abilities. Jankily. Yeah. Yep. Jankily. But then I rewatched um, it and all was, all was made well. And friend of the show, Lars, caught the last, what, third of Hell House LLC 2? Oh boy, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, and t- to that point, Jake, he was um, here. We uh, we watched it after recording a full episode on a Friday night, and we don't always get to record on Friday nights, so those episodes get a little looser than normal. Just a little. Bit. I was pretty tuned up when we watched it the first time. I don't know about oh, you yeah. boys. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're curious out there, listener, it was after House on Haunted Hill, so you can go listen to the back end of that track and see how we all sound, <laughs> and then add five or six more beers. Yeah, yeah something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, and so I I felt the need to give that one a revisit, especially because of the strength of feelings I had for it. Strength of uh, feelings, <laughs> yes. So okay. I gave it a rewatch. Okay. Uh, no, I, that's not the right no. kind of feelings. Jesus. Strength. Okay. Just um, checking. Uh, did you boys give this a rewatch? Yes. I I no. feel like I had to because I barely watched it the first time. Jack, <laughs> my strength of feeling was such that I didn't feel the need to have another experience, yeah, so well, to speak. You'd made the right call. We'll dive into that. Jesus Christ. Um, all right. All right. So, but I mean, in your defense, Jake, it was very recently that we watched it. You're not you're not sitting on like oh, a, no, a no, month no. ago. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. If it yeah, had been yeah. a while ago, I would have been a professional, but I didn't need, I'm, well, I'm already fulfilling my professional duties. Shut up. <laughs> Sure, and we will dive into both of these movies somehow. We'll talk about how we're going to do that. We'll figure it out. But first, we'll talk about. We better. We're just going to do it. We're just going to do it. We we're just going to fucking see. Fuck it. We'll do it live. S- fuck it. We'll do it live. We got to do some sort of plot synopsis. Mark, do you have any ideas what we're doing here? Because I got to tell you, I'm confused. Uh, it's two movies, thirty seconds each. It's a sixty second plot synopsis. Oh God. Are you? I think so we wait. Each get twenty seconds, and we got no. to work to no, run no, no, through no, no, the no. plot no, of no, both no, movies. No, no, okay, no, no, no. Hard no. Okay, Jake, what do you say then? Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Oh, that's okay, gonna go yeah, well. Yeah, that's better. That's better. That's better. You're right. 
to get through the, the well, franchise Well, we had to do this horseshit baton relay thing for so many weeks that we might as well end with the most the, unmitigated the, of shit shows. Well, that's what we're going to get here, boys. All right. Who's starting this shit? Jake, you're starting this shit. Fuck okay. it. Then I'll go. Then Mark. Okay. Then Jake. Okay. Then me. Then Mark. Jake, 30 seconds. Oh, ooh. I guess 60 seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. A group of semi-experienced horror haunted house proprietors open up a place in an old abandoned hotel in upstate New York, and they start filling out the space to launch their haunted house in October. Jack, uh, and so things eventually start to get weird as they start to set this up, things moving when they shouldn't be moving, doors slamming closed. Eventually, stress continues to build, and they hire some actors. Everything culminates on Halloween night when they first open, and a fucking portal opens in the basement and kills a bunch of people. There's panic. Everyone runs out, and most of the people associated Jake. with production die. Wow. Fast forward. So we are now looking back on this in terms of like everyone knows about it as part of the public zeitgeist. There's a news show where they have people on debating what happened. Jack, no it's like a morning fuck. news program. They're having a roundtable discussion about it. One of them's the survivor from the first one. One of them's a whole thing I'll talk about is a magistrate employee. It's, a, it's fucking Too nonsense. Too much time that. There's also a medium and then they end up going to the house and the exact same fucking things happens predictably and then they all get sucked in the lake of fire because we are legion and we will consume you or something like that. Time! Where do bad folks go when they die, Mark? <laughs> Boys, that was <laughs> pretty Abaddon goddamn Hotel. successful. Yeah, I'll tell the you The Abaddon Hotel. <laughs> they I go to the we... Abaddon Hotel and fry. I think... <laughs> and they have no I think... eyes. I think. I think we did a pretty goddamn Until good job. Until the 4th job, of July. All things considered. I... Stop it. I... Stop it with your grunge singing. <laughs> I gotta tell you, for that having supposed to have been unmitigated garbage... That was probably. I think our that was best the best one we did. Team plots and yeah, and for me, having spent eight seconds on the the magistrate. Yeah, employee. you really fucked the pooch on that one. <laughs> Just you boys saved me. Look, you saved me, and we did a great job. You didn't That's even bring up the for. medium, which I job. feel like is an important other panelist to talk to mention. Oh my god! Oh god! I god! We got it. Okay, okay, okay. Here's what we're gonna do, boys. Here's what we're gonna do. We are not gonna do what we usually do, right? Which is which is a really tight. Really scripted, really structured shows. How are we typically su- go about doing things. Are you, you know? suggesting we're not going to do our award-winning segment, Jack? Oh, we're definitely doing our. Okay, award-winning good. Segment. Continue then. But then we're not going to. You know, ordinarily our thoughts are so laser focused, and they fit so tightly into the boxes of what it does right, what it does medium, what it does wrong, and nitpick station. I think this time we're just going to have to talk about one movie and then talk about the second. We're just going to be, you know, loose. Free like, flying, you know, wabi sabi, like you know, feel maybe, the vibes. Maybe we man. even, maybe we even crack a beer this episode. Ooh, you know, get, get well, a little. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> okay, root beer, root beer. Okay, got it. Some sarsaparilla. <laughs> sarsaparilla. So, boys, what in the fuck subgenres of horror do both or either of these movies? Found footage. Into? Mine. Oh, damn it, haunted you house. Son of a haunted bitch. House. Damn it. Mm. Even though. A little bit mm. less, like it's a different kind. We need a subgenre for haunted house. Do here. it, Mark. Add a subgenre. Haunted because house, like, comma. Typical. As I think of haunted house movies, I think of typically like kind of similar to the old dark house movies, right? An actual haunted house that people are not not what millennials creating a haunted what? house in a house that exists. But no, so. this house is still haunted. It is, but this movie doesn't play out. The Everyone way a knows that the house, house is haunted, movie. Jack. Well, they do now. Not in the first one. So what is the comma you want me to add? Haunted house comma what? Uh, Like millennials? I don't know. They make what? It. Haunted house, we go to it. 
Well, <laughs> or haunted house that's we, every haunted house created. We created. How, how does the house, haunted house come we, to you? We we create it. Haunted house. No, I, it's wait, 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 I'm confused because I feel like there's two different okay, things. Okay, I, I think I understand what he's on. saying. Thank I think he, I understand what he's saying. This movie is both a haunted house, literally, and a haunted house in terms of you are creating the the fun house. Yes, so, and it's kind of this new, I mean, spate of movies are kind of like this, right? House of the Devil, or Houses October Built, that one. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of movies. Yeah, like this I mean, but the cool thing, really so crazy. the cool thing about this one is that this one is... A simple but good idea in that regard, and we're not getting quite into what it does right just yet, well, but not, yeah. to your point, this is, I don't know, it's cool because it's its a haunted house movie that is about creating a haunted house, quote unquote. Yeah, I'm just saying. So I think we there's some that. simplicity to that. There's so like something meta. beautiful there's an elegance in its simplicity. There. Yeah, there's an elegance there. Yeah, sure, Mark, it's meta. meta. So there's haunted house and haunted sub, house sub genre yes and then haunted house sub sub genre meta <laughs> haunted house comma meta got it yeah okay nailed it uh supernatural okay yes cult maybe uh, uh yeah the second the yes. second definitely we're talking about both movies right now the first is Lucy not really Goosey. a cult movie Lucy Goosey okay 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 that uh indie independent <laughs> okay I mean, the first one definitely, right? It got a very limited release, and it was a really small budget. The second one, it got a... I don't know what the budget on the second one was. I can't imagine it was more. And it got released only to Shudder, which, I mean, that's not to shit on it, but it is an independent movie. Like, didn't get a wide release. Yep, that's fair. I just think that's a silly category. All of the other categories I've added are superior to that one. <laughs> oh, yeah? Are they? Uh-huh. They sure are. Okay. Fuck, Jesus. Anything else? No. Okay. <laughs> Hell House LLC, the first one. Let's dive in. <laughs> the original. <laughs> Look, this movie rules. Agreed. Rules. I just agree with straight that. Straight up rules. I, I just I want to get it right out there, right up front. I was so happy to revisit this movie, and it did not disappoint me. Well, I'll tell you this much. We didn't really touch on the amount of times I've seen this. Um, oh, yeah. Since this came out, uh, I don't know, enlightened me, last September or something like that? 2015. About a year, right? Came out in 2015. Oh, okay. 2015? Three years ago. Okay. Well, I need to, I maybe I saw it two years ago then or something like that. But in any case, in the, I'll call it two years since I've discovered this one. Meanwhile, we've been year watching two to three to four horror movies for this thing every single week. I've squeezed in five different viewings of this. What? Holy shit. I love this movie. And it's fantastic. We'll, we'll get to this later when we get to ratings, but still really, really good after five viewings, man. That's awesome. Okay, cool. This was my second viewing of it. I saw it once and then saw it this time. So, second viewing of the original for me. Jake, what about yeah, you? Yeah, no, this is three for me. I So, I saw it the original time, and then I watched it again. I can't even remember when. It's probably like a nice, if you if I were to go back and ever be able to retrace my steps, it would probably be a nice dispersion in terms of when I saw it. Uh, I had to make sure the second time that I liked it as much as I thought I liked it, and then we watched it again for the purposes of this particular episode. So, that's three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... I think what's so effective about this movie, I mean, so it's de- uh, one of the most like found footage, found footage movies, right? It's what is that? What do you mean? So what I mean yeah, is, let's there's... talk frame narrative. Here let's unpack that. 
Yeah. Right. So so they they have a reason for filming, right? Uh, maybe not the strongest reason in the whole world in that they're not they're not brand new to creating these kind of extreme haunts, right? This is their I mean, maybe career. It's certainly a part of their careers, it feels like. And they're trying to film themselves so they can do things better and figure everything out. And maybe even, I don't know, it's fucking 2015. Patreon existed then. Release a video of the making of Hell House LLC to our Patreon backers. I made up that last part, but it might be true. And additionally to that, the people in the movie, within the movie, are also not always consciously filming. They're often wearing headlamp, whatever, recorders. So they're just running around like doing their daily shit. And it's just right. And things. another big part of it that comes up is advertising for the the extreme haunt, right? Is you you need some of that kind of headlamp footage shit. So so the reason for filming is good. To clarify though, they are not an extreme haunt, nor are they as branded as such. They're just okay, a haunted house. One one of these haunted houses where, you know, you walk they're, through a house. they're a haunted house. Yeah. They're very okay. straight up. Okay. Which is fine yeah, for yeah, the yeah. record. Yeah. But one other thing to throw on there, as I alluded to earlier, this is they are the film within the film. We are, in fact, watching a documentary yes. that's the frame yes. narrative that right. is presenting this gaggle of found footage that was literally found uh, by the documentarians and then cobbled together at the beginning mostly with sort of. these cuts of like other interviews and stuff that they've done with people. And then they find one of the girls was sort who of was found. the survivor of this thing. They interview her. She gives them the tapes. And then, boom, segue directly into the actual tapes. And it is it is a, a documentary, right? And they do that kind of radio lab thing of halfway through they show you where they got some of the footage for the documentary, but they still they still do it. And they provide a reason why they're the ones with access to the footage and other people aren't. Yes, and I would say this is one thing that the movie does right. It it, it handles the documentary Mark, vibe. Are, we're not structuring things in precisely that way. Okay, I apologize. This uh, is something God. the movie does well. Um, <laughs> there we go. Perfect. <laughs> total total departure. Um, it it handles the documentarian vibe really really well. I actually feel like it nails that. Like I feel like you could turn that on on like just random not Netflix documentary channel. Oh, absolutely. You would yeah. see the first twenty to thirty minutes of this before they segue into just showing you the tapes directly. It yep. feels very correct for the type of information they would be presenting to you and like the feel of the interviews, even the freaking like subtitles they put underneath people's names and who they are and like whatever. <laughs> yeah. It does go along with a, a fairly low budget documentary. And they pull in, they pull in some other just like YouTube clips that people posted from that night. You know, right. Which is, which is what the, I mean, the, the narrative of the movie is that all the police knew about it and everything that the public at large knew about what had happened here. There's a tragedy at hell house. Right. And what people knew about it was what you could see from these two or three different cell phone videos of people going through the haunt. Right. Right. And that's presented in such a realistic way because you frame it as tragedy and people die. You don't at least at this start, you don't get something that is over the top in any way. Like some shit went down and people died and That's people all you know. aren't immediately treating it like there was a spooky thing that happened. They're treating it like this is a real life tragedy with real life implications, which I think a lot of a lot of these movies fall short on. Like it sells itself from the very beginning to be spooky or something 
objectively paranormal so, happened right from the jump. And right. what I like about this one is that it does not do that. And, and it, but at the, it doesn't. And at the same time, and this is something the second movie I think utterly fails to do. And we're gonna have to figure out how to not bleed too much into talking about one or the other. But this was such a critical difference between the two for me. Is the okay. first one sets the stakes so immediately and so well. Yeah. Right. It's you know something happened. Maybe you. As as a viewer of a horror film, maybe you think it's supernatural, but there's nothing to indicate it was supernatural, but it was real, and you know a shitload of people died, and a tragic thing happened. So the stakes are real right from the beginning without expositing anything to you. You just see it, and you see the chaos. So you know something happens at the end. Yeah, it's, And in it's the a, second movie... They fuck! S- they, start the, they start the ticking clock at the very first thing. They do two things. They tell you, this is how many people died on October 31st, and here's a creepy staircase. It will be important later. And then they, yeah. you know, cut eventually when they start. They're like, okay, it's October 6th or something. Right. Whereas a full third of the dialogue in the second movie is dedicated to telling you how scary this fucking house is without showing you. You guys, telling- I, just, I think I realized I just made a bunch of mistakes. I don't think any of this happens on Halloween. I think it happens on October 8th. It is October 8th. Is okay. it October 8th? Yeah, it's opening wow. day. Wow, okay, Jesus. Yeah. Which makes yeah. sense, right? Like, you open a haunt, you don't want it. You, Halloween's your important day. Whatever. Yeah, no, I, mean, I was wrong on the dates. Sure, you you were wrong on the dates. And and most of the movie, like, the culmination happens, you know, on October 8th, I guess. But the most of it's when they're setting it all up in the month beforehand, right? Right. That's the bulk of the film. Um, And that's actually one other thing that this movie does really well not right but what it does well jack Thanks, don't Mark. freak Thanks. out on me i oh i was i was looking at you yeah i could see it boiling underneath <laughs> um is basically the character development i i've kind of been noticing this this way that films have been structured that we've been reviewing recently where like cold open shows you what's gonna happen bunch of people dies scary staircase whatever and then you have that like excuses you for like 35 minutes of just character development. And like you get to yeah, see these guys works. being chummy and, you know, making props and shit. And, and the character development in this movie works so well, right? Because look, I have an idiot group of friends with whom I bicker, but ultimately we get some shit done. Who are these I, friends? I, it's, are they competing yeah, with us? Because I will beat them up. <laughs> You'll jump them like Brad I got a whole Marchand. second friend group. <laughs> Uh, no, but like, I, I completely agree. The character development is handled very well in this movie. It's a really believable friendship. It's a believable business relationship. Well, it's, yeah. And it's in the sense that they don't try. Right. Do you know what I mean? I, like, I know exactly. There are, so, yeah. there are so many movies where they try to make you feel like these people belong in the same ecosystem. Right. And this one doesn't. It just paints the picture of these folks doing what they do and as a result, it feels much more believable and natural, which is a huge boon for the movie and its immersion, I think. It, yeah. And it's necessary for this movie. It's very right? effortless. And I, it leads me to believe, I don't know anything about the background of these actors or anything like that, but given how independent the first one was, I kind of wonder if all of these guys did actually all know each other. I don't know. They, they very well might have. Yeah. It's believable. Could just be one of those groups that like, hey, let's make a movie. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and you, I mean, and you know, they're like improving all that shit too, right? So that helps. Like they're just kind of like existing and filming what they're filming. Yeah, right, right, right. And we'll we'll talk about like what's what happens later on. But I think 
it's for the scares and and at least as the scares affected me as they go on in this movie they simply wouldn't have been believable if i didn't buy the relationships between the people and right? the relationships like if, between the people and their props right like the guy's relationship with hector very totally. endearing <laughs> very endearing you know he but was like, teaching I, him to play the piano if i don't if i don't yeah, know yeah. and believe the relationship between the two male leads then i'm not going to understand why at first it seems like horseshit and he thinks they're joking around when the thing moves and it, like by itself a relationship but, between the two male leads which by the way is wholly exploited in the second movie at like after the credits has started oh my god <laughs> oh my god and so to jump back to the second there's no character development whatsoever in the second there's just hey here's people well, and no, 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 no. I, I would say they, they try and do the same thing, but the where this one is, where the first one is effortless, the second one is exhausting to watch. More effort than I've ever yeah, seen anyone put into so anything. so hard to seem effortless, which They're in really... and of itself is the worst <laughs> thing you can possibly watch. Oh, boy, oh, boy. But we're not talking about the second one yet, because thank God. That's correct. Um, <laughs> so that character development for me is what I that the first real scare in my mind right is the guy who's got the handicam who sees they're they're supposed to be they do such a good job of focusing on doing a a Chekhov's kind of a situation but without making it so obvious it's a Chekhov's clown dummy I guess in this case right they make hard to ignore the Chekhov's clown dummy it is I mean they make such a big deal about which masks are going on dummies Right. And focus. Here's the mask that is very distinct from this other mask. This one's going on a dummy. This one's going on a human. They make such a big deal about that. But the first time I watched this, I didn't have that thought of, oh, they're definitely going to swap those masks out or or that dummy's going to come alive. Well, especially and this is kind of just this might be a not pick, but that I'm going to weave in here. Um, they're, when they're doing that, they're not even talking to the guy yet. They haven't really even brought in the other actors, Joey or whatever the hell his name was. They just have the three mannequins sitting there and they're arguing about which mask goes on which mannequin. So you're not even concerned about differentiating between humans and non-humans at that point. Right. And which is why I think it works really well. But my not pick was why is only the one mannequin animated at any given time? Well, ever. Like why are not the, why are the other two clown mannequins not walking around, you know? That's that's kind of my, my the bulk of the problems for me with this movie are ones you think about after. Certainly, I'm not really too worried about those issues when I'm watching it. I mean, maybe maybe this next one I'm about to talk about, but also, this is an abandoned house, right? It's a foreclosed on hotel. It's an Abaddon house. Sure. Oh my god. Fuck. Wow. Uh. Th- but this is not what foreclosed houses look like. Right, a creditor who has the rights to foreclose on a place—it's almost inconceivable to imagine a situation where that creditor also doesn't have rights to the personal property inside that house, like an upright piano, like a wine collection, like a whole lot of really nice shit that they just left inside this abandoned house. Jack, no, what you seem to be operating under the assumption that the Abaddon Hotel closed—it is legally abandoned and foreclosed on. They say that in the movie. Yeah, okay, fine. You, I was trying to do a thing there, and you stepped all over it, and it didn't. Now it that doesn't work. hasn't been closed for 15 years. <laughs> they, they absolutely pull that one in the second. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I know they do. Fuck. 
But also, they're really priming me to look for legal issues because it's got LLC right in the fucking title. Yeah, but I mean, you can't. Can we you talk can't about court- the title for a second? Hold on. Can we talk about the title for a split second? Feels like yes. we're gonna. Don't know how I feel about the title. I like it. I really don't. I, I really don't. It's a I really don't. I, the title's weird. The the fact that this movie exists and is good, it totally dwarfs any issues I have with the title. Title's kind of fucking weird. Say why? Would you prefer it was just called Hell House? Uh, I don't think that we have. I don't think you need LLC in a title. It's it's a weird choice. I don't know how else to describe it. Like I just see it and it is bizarre. So here's well, what it oh, does. I have a legal question. Ooh, ADC Horror Legal Corner. LLCs stand for Limited Liability, whatever the fuck, company, corporation, Companies. something or other. Company, company, company. Um, okay. Are the limit is the is the are you liable for like demonic possession or is that part of the limited? <laughs> um, you know, not enough LLCs work demonic possession into their operating agreements okay. and the structures thereof. So, so, frankly, most LLCs find themselves unprotected from demonic possessions. Now, A to Z Horror LLC, we're covered on that front, that, Mark. I got your back there. Jack, that better be in our freaking corporation agreement. <laughs> <laughs> it's been in the you fucking drive not. for how many weeks? You know Have you it's read not. it yet? Jack, I don't read legalese, okay? That's not what I do. That's what the fucking nerd lawyers do. Oh, That's what nerds. you do. Yeah, you're worried about nerd lawyers till demons come and possess you and want to hold you liable. Well, yeah. I mean, they would possess <laughs> the demons want to hold me liable. He would try and hold me liable, and then demons can't pierce the corporate veil. So, demons can almost always pierce look, the corporate veil. You got to do some very clever bird law to get around demon liability. Someone, as long as someone's getting satisfied, I'm fine with it. <laughs> so, Jake, here's what the the title does for me. It evokes that. This isn't... You get your legal heart on is what it does for you. I mean, no, right? It, I mean, yes. On one, it keys me up to look for legal issues that I shouldn't otherwise, but that's just my lunatic lawyer brain. But as a normal viewer, which I can't be, but as as I'd like to be, what the, the title does is it indicates to me this isn't just a movie about a haunted house, right? And the second one strays too far into that territory. The first one indicates to me that this is mostly a movie about this company making a haunted house in a location and i kind of like that yeah i agree i think that's i agree that, with that that does something it actually has mm-hmm. an effect mm-hmm. it also does so. have a little bit of like a special flavor to it if this were just called hell house that's a pretty damn generic name but throwing on llc on the end that's going to stick in the old noggin you know you're going <laughs> to sure remember that is. one it sure is. You're going to add three syllables. That's going to become a long... Once you get to the point where it's Hell House LLC 2 colon the Abaddon Hotel, that's I 15 syllables. Okay. Another thing the second one does wrong is the fucking title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too long. Oh my God. Also, you don't just need... A colon, like a, a subtitle, shouldn't just be the location of your primary thing. Why did you not just call it Hell House LLC 2? I mean, if you wanted to have the subtitle, maybe you don't need the 2 in there. Yeah. Also, it's not a 2, it's an I-I, which makes it even harder yeah. to search for. World War I-I. Yeah. I love it. Fuck. Let's get back to the good one. So, okay. What do you want to say? Yeah. What do you want to say? Here's, here's about, what I was talking, talking about clowns. Yeah, yeah here's know. what I was talking about earlier. Okay. The first big, good turn and scare for me, right, is when the guy is walking and he's going to look at all the shit and he's about to go downstairs. He sees the clown you assume to be Some one of dude. the okay. people yep. and he's not moving okay. and he like kind of slaps it and he's like, whatever. All right. This, yeah, yeah. this is pretty cool. Goes downstairs, turns around and it's, well, he moves slightly. It's in a different position. And then he goes downstairs and it's gone. And then he walks two rooms over, and the guy he thought was in the clown costume is sitting right there. 
And I'm doing, it's kind of like that scene from Signs, right? I'm going along that journey with him of like, oh, fuck, that's not actually that guy. Because I was fully convinced that was that guy. He never actually goes downstairs. He looks downstairs, right. then he looks back at the clown. The clown's head has turned, which is an important thing because the mannequin's head can't turn. And then he like, right. ambles casually back down the other room to get one of his other buddies, and the guy who he thought was in the costume is already there. Well, no, but there's the second part where it's gone, right? He goes maybe a couple of steps downstairs, oh, and okay. then he turns back around, and the, the mannequin's gone, or uh, not I, mannequin. Yeah, I really don't think it matters. The The general idea is that there's a thing that shouldn't be there that's, that's there. Right, and, and you're going yeah, on that journey, unnatural. and then the movie does something the great, journey. which is it doesn't just ignore that they have like a provable way to tell if he was lying or not. And they walk you through that whole journey. You you follow along with the rest of them as they watch the video of this happening, and none of them can explain it. And then that's that's kind of where we're starting to get into some weird shit, what this movie does incorrectly, Jack. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. None of they're, they're all like, wow, that's creepy and weird, and none of us did that. Well, let's continue going about our day-to-day lives. But at the same time, there is a certain amount of weird stuff, and that thing falls into the category of weird stuff that if I was staying in a weird, creepy hotel with, like, you two and three of our other idiot friends, and that happened and it was on video, I would be 100% convinced it was one of us. That's, like, that's even if I know it wasn't Jake, but because I get, saw Jake in the other room. But they get past that. It, they go so far past that. They get a little movie. too far past that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I they mean, do. like, look, like we all like this movie, but this movie, in terms of found footage, why are you still doing what you're doing? Filming, not necessarily as much the issue in this particular case, but them being there, yeah. them continuing to exist when it's their own free will. Like, you can't convince me that whatever lead dude's clout is such that he's going to hold that together given what's going on for a fucking haunted house. Right. Like it doesn't matter, dude. Like I don't I don't I, mean, I don't want to comment on how desperate these people are for whatever right. scratch they're going to make. Right. It is their careers. Make, but is it I mean, is it's not their a big full chunk careers, of their careers. like do they're they spending act- a month at it? I'll, I cannot imagine they would make enough money from this for this to be oh, their careers. Let me so I'm just going to shine a brief light on this. There is a relatively famous haunted haunt here in Salt Lake. That is open from middle of September through October 31st. They close down. It's six weeks, and they make about, I I think the last figure I saw was over $10 million. So you can run one of these things, and this is outside New York City, by the way, so it's got a significantly larger population than we do here. So you can run one of these things for six weeks and make well enough money to give all of the people in that group a living wage for, I mean, they could do one of these every five years, work for a month, and be fine. No. I, I think so. You're I mean, telling look, me. So why? There's, there's what, like no, seven no. They're starting on no. October. Look, opening night is October 8th. They have 100 people there opening night. Each of those people is paying 40 bucks minimum. So you're saying by this. creating some run-of-the-mill haunted house, this absolutely looks run-of-the-mill, by the way, like even potentially below run-of-the-mill, you're going to make enough money to live for five years? No, what I'm saying no, is if you did no, it like, Mark- really well, you could do that. They're probably pulling in reasonably a few hundred grand which split among six people is enough for a year. Then why are we not all doing Like, why is the market not caught up to this? Because that does not look Jake, difficult. I Dude, keep telling you, just go, come up with a business and I'll and fucking like, do look it. look around. There are haunted houses fucking everywhere. <laughs> and that's why I'm saying that this is not going to make you... Uh, uh, so let's do a good one. I'm on board. Okay. Fuck. Yeah, we already have an LLC. We already have an LLC. <laughs> and, and we can't be sued for demonic possession. It's part of the right. Oh, protected awesome. Against that. Yep. Boys, we got to like start moving through this one a little quicker. 
I think we've highlighted most of the things I wanted to talk about this. The only thing that, let me know, let me know if we've already belabored this, but I think it is very we clever probably have. that they set the movie against the backdrop of just something that allows them to have cheesy, creepy this props is, everywhere. This was my thought about it when we watched it the first time. It's just, it's so cool that they get to do the really generic Halloween scares and you totally buy into all of it because of the premise of the movie. It's awesome. Yeah. No, that's really perfect. I mean, this is something that kind of, they create an ecosystem that they're able to operate in that makes it perfect for what happens throughout the course of the movie, and it leads to some really good moments. Yeah. No, I'm I think kind I think of surprised that this didn't exist, and I'm not saying it's nowhere in the genre, but it didn't exist like this from what I've seen. I mean, maybe I have a huge blind spot. Look, this is a really unique thing as far Which as Which is I'm weird. Aware. It shouldn't be. It's weird. I agree. The it's haunted house is haunted. It's I cool. guess, man. I mean, they hit that one on the head. The haunted house is haunted, and it works. Yep. It's so natural. Yep. Um, I got a couple more things I want to touch on in the first one. There's there's okay. a heavy parallel to the Blair Witch Project, which is when shit starts to escalate, and they're debating about whether or not to tell the actors about the weird paranormal shit that's happening. The angry scene, like the, 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 two, the main fighting scene between the two male leads is really reminiscent of the I kicked that fucker into the creek scene. It's really like, Maybe what it's the an fuck homage. did you do that? Why are you yeah. doing this? Yeah. Okay. Really cool. And then the other thing I like about this movie a lot is it's interspersed with, still it's done with handheld cameras, right? And and a lot of the shots are done with definitely things they couldn't have done with a big, giant, bulky cinematic, cinematic graphic, like big camera, whatever. No, you nailed and it. And there's it's cinematic graphic camera. It's like the, it's the stuff they put on the top shelf in the video yep. store. Yep. Uh, they still got a lot of really fucking cool shots and cinematography in here. Like the, the shot of when he's kind of losing it out in the field and the camera <laughs> set at a, like a slight angle with the beautiful sunset in the background and the grass in the front. Really cool shots. That scene really took me out of it. it, it you're like balls deep in, in scares at this point, And then they're just like, okay, we're going to take an acting break for this dude to sit in some long grass. And so that's, that's the most like blatant example of the, cinematography but they they do a lot of those just really well framed well blocked and like well executed shots in the movie that's just the one that comes to mind is the most obvious i also to get back to the discussion of why you append llc one thing they do during the very very end of the movie is as they're showing so just to clarify the documentary crew is now going to the hotel on one of the survivors recommends that she go that they go there whatever and they're looking at these places where things happened and they cut back to like when happy times were happening there so like they're at the bar and they show the guys all taking shots and like joking about stuff or they uh, you know there's just a few of those and it it it's a weird like part of the climax of the movie where you're like oh yeah all of these guys were like friends and chummy and it seemed very effortless right as the movie is like climaxing and you're trying to figure out what's going on absolutely absolutely which is a really good transition into the sequel because that's another thing the sequel just (laughs) fucks up so hard on is they try to copy the like chummy at a bar scene and boy do they do a bad job well and they copy that technique Exactly. They literally do the exact <laughs> same thing with Except for have any aspect of believability to the relationships whatsoever. Yes, exactly. That part they threw out the window. Uh, well, they threw a lot of things out the window, Jack. Yeah. Right, let's I, go to the sequel. I don't even know where to start, man. I'll tell you where to start. Okay. Can In I one just, of the first guys, fucking scenes. If if I may, I'm breaking a little bit with protocol here, but I'm just gonna Good. 
There it is. Yep. Yep. There's going to be a lot of nitpicks as we go in this whole fucking movie. And by the way, I'm starting with the nitpicks. I don't know if that's the right whistle to blow on this movie, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Toot, toot. Look, it it starts off. We we have this, what, morning whatever it is. Mornings with Trish or whatever the fucking morning show is called. Unsolved Mysteries, I think, is something Uh, to that extent. Morning Morning Mysteries. It's Morning Mornings with Trish. It's it's not Afternoon Mysteries. These are the (laughs) mysteries that are relegated to the the early hours. The attention to detail this movie plays... The, the second, the sequel pays is none. And they make that <laughs> clear from the fucking get-go so, when the, 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 the host of the morning show is outside the Abaddon Hotel. Abaddon. Her cameraman... Abaddon. Abaddon. Ab- Are you British? Abaddon. Are you British? What, what, what is it? Abaddon? Abaddon. Uh, I, that's how I huh. do it. That's how Americans, I feel, say it. Jesus. Her cameraman sets the, the camera Hotel. down on a tripod. Downton Abbey. Walks away from it to adjust her, like lapel mic and clothes and the camera's still being articulated it's still zooming in and moving up slightly that's oh. one of the first shots of the fucking movie right let's, off the bat yeah. let's open this let's, up a little bit this movie is <laughs> let's so, take a step number back. two yeah. is one of the most aggressively edited quote found footage movies you will uh, ever you find. need the you there's, need there's a the moment when they're kind of introducing the camera crew because they're like they're just connecting with the old survivor the editor from the previous movie and they're like yeah i never stop filming this thing is rolling a hundred percent of the time <laughs> and literally one thing you got to know about me literally between those two sentences there's a cut <laughs> it, it's propo- like it's... you couldn't you couldn't get that in one take wow it's it's wild. It is wild. And it's immediate, right? These, both of the scenes we described are in the first six minutes of the movie. Yeah. They they tell you right off the bat, we don't give a shit. And you know what? The other thing that's crazy is if you're really going to make this movie where you're trying to follow up on all these leads from the first one, right? Like now that one's part of the zeitgeist too. So you have not only the... Right, it's, it's eight years later. Yeah, you the have the original the... disappearance. You have the then the, the documentary crew disappearance that happened a few years later. And now both of those are part of this same like ghost story. And now you have another news crew working on it. They don't talk to any of the people from the first movie, right? Like they have the they have the expert journalist dude from the first one, Martin Cliver. They have the other witness. They have uh the author comes on and talks for a little bit. They here's another nitpick for the first movie. They never really figure out what happened to the lady who was working the door. She's outside the whole time. She's part of the crew and no one ever talks to her. I don't think yeah. she dies. Yeah, she disappeared. Well, she's they, outside. She's outside. They make I, her like run away in the chaos. Right, but no uh, one ever. Well, no one's ever assumption. like, yeah, we should go talk to Abby or whatever the fuck her name is. Because she knew the people. Yeah, right. Yeah. She was she's a part kind of. of she's yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of a, a lost thread. Yeah. So instead of picking up on any of the actors from the first that had three minutes of screen time that were like aware of the situation and talked to the you know the filmmakers and whatever, they just bring in more people. Who you have and no the idea who they are. people they bring in are wild. The first guy they introduce on the panel is an employee of the Rockland County Magistrate's office. Andrew Tesselman. Now, I don't Arnold know if that Tesselman. means much to you boys or if that really bothered you. No, but I did not notice it at all. A, fuck, a magistrate is a, a fairly low-level judge in the court system who handles relatively minor misdemeanors, some small family court shit, sometimes probate stuff, and small claims court. So he's 
effectively a court clerk. They're playing it off like he's the mayor's right-hand man or like works at City Hall and is trying to suppress this shit. He's an employee of the courthouse. I kind of like that, actually. Why? So Why he, would an employee of the county something. courthouse give a shit about suppressing what's happening in a small town? Here is something that I think the second movie does right. And I don't know if it does it intentionally right or if it just stumbled bass backwards into it. Okay. It actually kind of hits the bullshit morning television show notes pretty well. I mean, have See, you ever okay. watched local yeah, news? Yeah, yeah. It's fucking it's not morning. It's not even morning, really. It's daytime. It okay. hits daytime. You're, really it's nicely. called Morning Mysteries with Trish. We're don't splitting care. hairs here. No, no, no. Having... We're not, I don't think we are. I don't think we are. What it makes me feel like is when I'm home and there's absolutely nothing on except for this horse shit local stuff. Yeah. It feels like that. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad in that regard. However, and... the parts that are unnatural are more unnatural for different reasons. And the, ga- and the guests that they could get are a low-level employee of the city council or whatever the hell you were just no, saying. No, 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 no. That would make sense if it was the city council. He would have a vested interest in pro- preventing whatever. the information from getting out. A low-level employee of the court. Of the county courthouse. And, yeah, it makes sense. And, and what is more daytime television than hiring a fucking medium to come on a talk show? No, that the, that part I like. And I like, I even like not being able to get someone better than at a low-level employee of the county courthouse. I don't understand why that employee is in on the conspiracy and part of trying to cover it up and discount people who think something happened there. It's what? a small town, Jack. They're all He's in not on a it. member of the town. He's a member of the county. Oh. It's a small county, Jack. Rockland County is fucking huge. It's a small subset of the county, Jack. <laughs> it's a small neighborhood. I would agree with you if they hadn't made him just any other words. There are so many words you could have used other than of the county magistrate's office. It's the stupidest thing. So Wait, he's not even a magistrate? He just works for the magistrate's office? He's he's an employee of the county magistrate's office is what they say so in he, the film. So he could be a janitor. He could be a janitor. Maybe he's a janitor. Who cares? Why you, Do you want some of this milk? I don't want any of this milk. No. This milk could, be, this milk could be our milk, Jack. Oh, God. And I, I mean, gonna do a later it's revealed thing, that is it, it is in fact not that guy. He's an imposter. So right, that's why but, he. Has so then opinions. the imposter did a terrible job of impostering an employee who was actually <laughs> so, related to anything <laughs> so reasonable. You're saying, you're if saying we're that talking, Andrew actually should have shown up and been like, "I don't know what you guys are talking about." None of this would be any more sense believable. We should probably just like open the doors up and go look inside. Look, if if I if my this movie was not trying to be overwhelmingly believable. This movie had a tongue-in-cheekness to it. Did it? I, dude, it w- could not have been taking itself seriously. It's going for a daytime TV angle. Jake well, didn't do as as someone who has watched this recently, sober, not over Skype for a second yeah, time. I watched I can it tell last you, night. It took itself pretty seriously. Very seriously. I don't know if that's true. Very seriously. I don't believe that to be true. Very there's seriously. No, there's no way. It's also okay. I'm I'm a little bit confused. Having watched it twice about the frame narrative of this thing, it's not yeah. all, is it, it's supposed to be that we're watching this morning talk show and that she's compiled all the footage we're watching, right? Yes. But then some of it happens later. Who has compiled the footage? It makes no fucking sense. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you want to get into that? It's a whole deep, dark well of horse shit. I want to get movie. into it. Yeah, we're going to get into that right now. Pile so, the horse yes, shit on. It is so rough. Here's, <laughs> I think, the timeline. All of this hap- all of the news show happens first. 
Yes. And then the no. anchor just does a really yes, shitty so. job of communicating to everyone that Andrew Tasselman was ac- Arnold Tasselman was actually a fucking ghost the whole time. They all go backstage and congregate together. The the anchor does her own thing and continues broadcasting. And then the crew of Mitch, the guy from the first movie, and the medium meet with the rest of everybody else and they all scurry off to the Abaddon and then that's where the Abaddon part starts. Okay, then riddle me this. The the investigative journalist woman who who gets all like beat to hell, right, yep. and is is seen in interviews towards the end. Uh-huh. Isn't she the one who calls in during the broadcast and tells Mitch, "Come find me, Mitch. You'll see what happened here." Isn't that part of the five days she's supposed to have been be there? I'm me. assuming there's some wibbly wobbly, <laughs> timey wimey type stuff that the uh, no, the timeline cannot be reconciled. Is what I'm saying. The Abaddon Hotel itself is a conscious being. That caused oh, me. oh, Billy. fuck. Oh, God damn it. I think this is as good a point as any to, to mention that the, the writer-director of both movies is uh, Steven, spelled Stefan Cognetti. And was able to afford a lot of cocaine after the first one came out, I'm guessing. <laughs> Dude, I think this movie was a joyride. I really do. What do you mean? I don't think he gave much of a fuck. Okay, good. Okay, I hope so. I mean, fuck, he doesn't have to. Well, he clearly showed that he can make a movie, man. He can absolutely make a movie. The this first movie was not it. Maybe he's trying to take... So this is kind of where you get into, like, the what do you do with the sequel of... I mean, this obviously isn't, like, Blair, Blair Witch is a bad comparison, but you've already made it, so my brain is there. Totally. No, so no, no, you no. make a good found footage movie. People like it. Let's just leave it at that. Sequels are what, notoriously hard. What? Well, but what do you choose to do with your sequel right. is the interesting conversation here. We saw what Blair Witch chose to do. I would fuck still, it right to ah, shit. Ah, ah, <laughs> I would still like to see what that movie should have been. Oh, Because I'm not I sure it's that. a bad movie. And, and look, I mean, talking to this sequel, I think the concept of revisiting something eight years later, revisiting Hell House LLC eight years later with new investigations and new shit happening is a really cool concept for yeah, a movie. I was you, excited and, about so, this and movie. You so, also, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me okay. ask you this, because we, t- we said this at the top. Uh, I believe it was, maybe we didn't say this up top. I don't know. I'm going to say it right now. Could they have done the same exact frame narrative? Could this have been another documentary? Could this have been a documentary about a documentary about... Absolutely, right? Because the documentary, the first one, has inarguably inexplainable shit, at least as it's framed, right? What if you framed the second one as... I want to figure out what horse shit they were doing in that first one. If it's fake, if it's not fake, I don't know. But there's seemingly unexplainable stuff in there, and I want to know what the fuck happened. So it's it's upon further investigation. Yeah. Is your, or it's, we found more shit. Right. Like, regardless, regardless of what you do. And that's, look, like, I mean... I love talking about this because there are several... You can kind of go in several different directions with, like, these found footage flicks. There was a point in time where... There was word on the street that what we were going to get in terms of Cloverfield and the Cloververse was going to be another movie existing on the same night that was filmed by other people in the city of New York. That would be cool. Like, you can do a lot of different things with this sort of a premise, right? Like, I'm not saying that this would have been a situation like that, but what I'm trying to get at here is that there was an opportunity to choose to do something like what you just said, Jack, where you could... You had a lot of options, right? Yeah. And I'm kind of puzzled by this one because I am forced to believe that this was a conscious decision to kind of go with a tongue-in-cheek daytime television show. Well, and I, I don't, don't even, know what else to say. Well, I don't but even also, hate the direction they chose as a broad thing. I think you could do something cool with that. 
Yeah, your hands are tied a little bit of like what media would be covering a disaster eight years after it happened. Right. Daytime television would be doing right. that. No, th- it's a cool concept. They did a good job with here's, it. I, here's, mm, here's an open maybe, note. Maybe. Not if something I, of import happened. Okay. I mean, yeah, this is also gets into another problem with the movie, right? Hold on. Of, wait, wait, wait. Before we do that, I want to say one more thing. I have an open okay. note. To the screenwriters of Hell House LLC 3, I-I-I, colon... There is going to be a third. I-I-I. Oh, um, yes, well, this is a proposed trilogy. There's a proposed trilogy. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Well, if you're out there listening, screenwriters... And I know and you, I hope are. you are. Take this thing in a House of Leaves direction. I want, I want a guy to find the tapes in a garage and transcribe them about a documentary about a bunch of tapes that that documentary found in the bottom of a basement. I want get fucking weird with it. Levels, and I want the you, inside I want the doesn't measure up to the outside. Just go bonkers. I want this person who's diving deep onto this news broadcast and the original documentary to start having weird shit happen in their own fucking house. You know, do shit, do shit where the VOD from the found footage starts matching up with like letters and numbers they're finding in the footage itself. And the person filming it notices that the VOD, that the time code on the camera they're filming it with matches up to a number on the wall like too frequently. Yeah, we just saved the whole franchise bonkers with it. Yeah. Also, Mark Danieluski saved it a little bit too. So credit to him as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, what were you going to say, Jack? Wow. Now that we've saved the franchise. It's hard to say. I was going to say a lot. <laughs> no, of it's hard to say what you're going to say. Look, I was going to say a lot of things. I got excited about House of Leaves. And, and... Say something else. All right. Boys, we talked about the great character development in the first one and the believable interactions between the people in the first one. Well. Fuck me. It's hard to watch <laughs> the second one. Some of the worst. Oh, my God. Some all of the, of the people. They, I mean... The 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 woman who's who's running the morning mysteries, she does a pretty good job at being a believable, terrible morning news reporter, right? I don't, I don't know if that's intentional or not. That that one's believable. But the yes. the investigative journalist team, the three member team, is impossible to watch. So they're not given a very good script. That's honestly that's where all of the problems start. Is the script is very very rigid. There's no there's no life in it, and I don't know how much they were able to like breathe the improv into the roles. Like I felt like the first. It's the same did. director. I feel like they were had to be given the room. Maybe. I don't know. But obviously, also your 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 budget's confined, and you're trying to go with these actors who people haven't seen as much before, so they're relatively new. So if you have inexperienced actors reading from a bad script. And I don't know how much direction you're actually being given on like improv and how much leeway you get in line delivery. This is what you get. But yes, and and yeah. Mark, to your point, the script is hot garbage. Right, the first time we see <laughs> these characters, mess. they're expositing to one another and fist bumping about how we're such a good investigative journalism team. We put a senator in jail. Yeah, do you remember that time we put a senator in jail? Yeah, fist bump. Yeah, senators, yeah. That's the end of that. We are badasses. It's a truly painful scene. Which is emblematic of everything this movie does. Every This movie is tell, don't show. Every, every scene of this movie is, I'm going to tell you how scary the Hell House is. I'm going to tell you what good reporters we are. I'm going to tell you how inexplainable the shit that happened is. And I'm going to show you none of it. 
Oh, that's and, actually that's a and really by the good way, point. In that scene you were talking about earlier, where the reporter is directly in front of the Abaddon Hotel and it zooms in and zooms out and shit while she's not even there, they also just like point to the ghost. There's a ghost on oh, the fucking balcony. Oh, they just point to it. And they're like, oh, hey, look, a ghost. And then <laughs> that's what makes found footage them. movies scary is when they zoom in on the things you're supposed to see in the background. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, Jake. You were saying about me having a good point. No, it's fine. I mean, you did have a good point, and actually, what you just said is is funny because what I was about to say too is like there's a certain amount of discretion that you need to use. The first movie clearly had it. I'm not saying this is remotely similar, or it should have been, but a really good example of this is Lake Mungo where things can just sort of happen and you don't necessarily need to have your attention drawn to it. Oh, anyway, yeah. that's an aside. What I was going to say is that this is a movie that, as we were watching it, I recall talking about instances where it was a release in the sense that it was like, finally, they chose to create a scene that it's not unlike the first movie. And I'm not sure, I want your opinions on this, if... It was just because it was so much tell, not show, that when they just finally decided to show something, it was just so much of a relief that we were all excited about it. Or if the formula that the first movie took is truly that evergreen that you can create a movie like this and do pretty much the same thing and be fine. That's what I want to talk about. Can Should they have slash can you do two of these Hell House LLC movies that are basically the same setup, knock them down, scare types? Right. Jack, you go so, first. I have things to say on this. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I do too. I, I think you, you could do two. The second one would be at best okay, right? The, if you do, you this there is the capacity to do two things based on the same format and have the second one be good and have pretty good scares and and be interesting and follow the same format and 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 grab you a couple of times right but at best it's going to just be good or or okay it's it's never going to be fantastic but there's absolutely the capacity to do a second one it's just with without changing the format substantially i just don't think it's ever going to be hmm. certainly never going to be better than the first i mean at best it's going to be well, executed a little better than the first and but a derivative of it Right, and that's fine, but well, how much? Yeah, I mean, the Jack, question is how, how much of what you just said was absolute nonsense. <laughs> how much? How much legs does the concept have? Is the the boil it down to its essence conversation we're having right now, Mark? And, what did you think? Uh, I would say quite a bit, and that's evidenced by the fact that I've seen this four or five times now, and it continues even to know. scare the pants off me. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say is. Once this movie actually leans into them being in the house, basically the spoiler alert here, once the medium guy dies and his death is fucking preposterously stupid. But yes. as soon as that happens, the second half of the movie, pretty solid addendum. It's not as good as no! the first one, but it's it's actually decent. The first I, the problem the problem the problem Jack's freaking out. The problem is <laughs> with the first movie you get sucked in by the frame narrative. You're immediately into it. The second movie you watch, and the frame narrative is so preposterously stupid and poorly executed. You have you're to looking claw for any ex- your yeah, way. You're looking for any excuse to get movie. away from the frame narrative. But I'm telling you, if you could somehow just like watch the first movie, skip the first half of the second movie, and then have like some some chorus come in and just be like, "Look, okay, now there's new people in the house, and this is what's happening to them," and then hit play. It would it would go pretty well. So I honestly don't know about that because here's here's another big problem I have with the second one is 
I mean, are, are you talking about about when they lock themselves in the room, right? About when a few of them lock themselves in that room? It starts before that, but I mean, yes, that's toward the beginning of the second half of the movie. So all of that was wholly meaningless to me because you've, at this point, all you've done is tell me this house is scary and maybe show me something move and have the preposterous death of the medium. The, I the, mean, just... They've done a few other things. They have the interspersed sort of anthology movie type interjections of like, here's a few things we found on YouTube. And like, here's this guy who was a Facebook live star, which I have in. a lot of problems. I have problems yeah. with each of those scenes individually. They're all horseshit. Those, you, are, those, are, saying those is, are dumb. And they're in the first half of the movie. That's what I'm saying is they're not executed you, well. But like once you okay. actually have the people trapped in the hotel trying to get out, that part is good. No, because they they haven't shown me anything to be afraid of in that hotel yet. Anything that I can... You should know it. Yeah, except for the entire first movie. They've told me about the first movie, right? But that's all they've done. But you're walking in... There's no no scenario where you're walking into this not having seen... Then then they should use the scene. Then they should use the rumbling found footage of people dying. I don't know if they need to do that again. Haven't seen Transporter 1. (laughs) <laughs> you walk into this movie as so, so okay i'm not defending this right now but what i'm saying is the way this should work is that you walk into this movie as a member of society which has seen organically what tragedy unfolded there correct 100 so you don't need to be convinced that shit is fucked up in here. I do. There I was still, a why? why? I still why? need scenes establishing that things in this movie are threatening. Otherwise, it, why? Because, I, well, you know that it's threatening. It can pick up where it left off. Like you no, know what happened. No, because you're still watching a contained experience and I even if I know the first one is scary, it has to prove itself again. It doesn't it doesn't even necessarily have to prove itself, but it has to show me that something in this film is threatening because as it stands, when they're locked in that room, all I've seen is one mannequin move a little bit and nothing that's going to make me lock myself in a room and lean a dresser so, tilted slightly up against the door in the biggest horseshit I've ever seen that's going to provide an extra eight pounds of pressure. So to, I'm not yeah, a physicist. That's not how you block but, a door. But two two <laughs> things, two rebuttals to that. First off, they've done quite a bit of bad work, but work nonetheless in that movie to demonstrate that it is threatening. They have, I think, three different other stories of people who have been lost to the house, and prior to them locking locking themselves in that room, they have a bunch of different encounters. I think one of their members has already died. They already found both the medium and his cameraman dead, and they saw the clown move and shut the door, and they were being hunted by like the haunted footsteps or whatever, and then they ran upstairs and locked themselves in. Oh, and they went around the corner, and the lady blinked at him, which is actually a pretty good scare. That, uh, that one is good. Let me, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. In Paranormal Activity 2, I know what the demon's going to do, and I know that it's going to be scary. But I'm not scared because of what I saw it do in the first one. I'm scared because the scenes are scary. Right. If, if they had just said, hey, look, guess what? In Katie and Mika's house, this demon killed some people. And now you know that. Watch this I, demon trundle around this house clumsily and bash itself into walls. I wouldn't be scared. They still have to make watch, scary scenes. Watch this demon pull their pool cleaning robot so, out of the pool. Okay, okay. So I am now understanding your what you're saying is completely different from what I thought you were saying, which is not... It's not a pretty common abnormal. occurrence, yes. It's not abnormal. <laughs> I thought you were suggesting that there was not enough background work done here to make you believe that this is a threatening and scary situation. What you're saying is actually quite the opposite. What you're saying is that 
the history is there, but in the environment that you are in in this movie, everything is almost as non-threatening as it could be. Yes, yes, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't disagree with that. So I'll say aside I from say a couple things, scenes, I had that my are original two points. Yes, the first do it. of which was that this movie does do some work, and I think what you're saying, Jack, is that the work isn't good enough, which is fair. I kind of agree with that. But the second point is, on an intellectual level, you can still allow this movie to ride the coattails of the first. And if you just completely cut out the middle or the first half of the second movie, (laughs) the coattails are totally sufficient to let this one ride. Now, that will be reflected in what I will. So the second what I'm saying is that we're saying this movie is garbage. And I would say the first half of this movie is inexcusably bad. But the second half of this movie is actually a decent follow-up. It just had a really, really, really bad setup. Okay. That's my point. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I still feel like the second half is too replete with them leaning the dresser at a slight angle, at a jaunty angle up against the door. That's a nitpick. It's not a nitpick. I mean, that's, that's the a, reason that's none a, of it feels the, threatening to me. Because definite. if they felt threatened, you don't feel safe if that's what you've done. I mean, that's the definition of a nitpick. Yeah, that's very much a nitpick. I don't know how to argue against that because that's definitely just a nitpick. It's <laughs> it's, it's definitely an immersion nitpick. thing. It's there's an attention to yeah. detail that is not there in the second movie, and I appreciate that. That is so true. One right. thing that I will say though, on the attention to detail point, the Abaddon Hotel looks like. I mean, they made this movie a few years a few years ago, a few years ago, <laughs> and and a few I think years the, ago, the the yes, the consistency from Abaddon Hotel movie one to Abaddon Hotel movie two is pretty damn good. Like everything still looks the same, and as I'm you guys inclined no, to believe, okay. it's just the same set. Which, I am too, which years removed, like, good on you, filmmakers. No, like, I, no. Did they really leave it somewhere in a warehouse? It, maybe they did, but that's, the, the, we're led to believe that this has been fully investigated by law enforcement. So the things law enforcement chose to go. leave behind, they they removed all the blood. They removed all the scar marks from explosions and hell opening up. They Jack. removed all the corpses, but they left fucking clown dolls in place. They left bottles of wine, not dusted for fingerprints. They left... What the fuck? It's Jack. insane. Jack. Jack, the county magistrate's office wanted to cover all this up, okay? God. Yeah, Jack. Damn it, because... Look, I'm yeah, just the, saying... Yeah, the judiciary has control over police departments. That's how the fucking world can I, works. Can I make a point without your dumbass legal bullshit? No. Like, all I'm trying to say is that they made the burst movie a few years ago, and they made this, and they were able to... I, I'm convinced it's the same sets too, but that's years removed. Did they rebuild them? Well, really I'm actually well? curious. Is this? Did they film this in an actual like location? I think so. That's just. I have to of... think so. Yeah. Okay. Did and they just leave their, their service? It should look the same years later. Did they painstakingly replace every single piece? It looks like the it was. It looked like they filmed these movies at the exact same time. I mean, case and in they point, shouldn't have. Case in point, they're eight years later. That, hold on. Case in point. Go back and rewatch the uh, the the scene in the faux bathroom thing that's supposed to be just like, like the scare is just there's literally a pile of shit in a toilet and there's toilet oh boy everywhere. They oh actually, boy! If they if they recreate it, they did a fucking great job because like the dangling toilet paper and stuff from the ceiling looks very very similar to the first movie. 
but this is my point. It's eight years later, and it's a YouTube challenge for kids to go in here and spend time in here. You don't think people have stolen shit? When the kid walks in they all die, and is Jack. filming around, he didn't have to. There's absolutely going to be kids that walked in and grabbed the first thing they could because I got a thing from Hell House where 15 people died. Dude, the I'm only talking- one who makes it out is like the kid who almost doesn't make it out, and he only got like 15 feet inside the house. The first so guy goes thing. in, he sees I- a pair of shoes, and he fucking goes catatonic. He sees a pair of shoes and a fully functional security camera pointing directly at him with the purple lights on it glaring. Yeah, but we established later that, like, the Hell House has control of the electronics. (laughs) Oh, do we? (laughs) That's what we do. That's what we do. And we established that the kid... running around that... They they drop that line, like, three times. No, I know. How are any of these electronics working? And this, this is another thing that... The movie does, right? This format of newsreel exposition, it's it's kind of like what we go back to about knowing you're a B-movie and saying, I'm a shitty movie and winking at the script. It doesn't, like, the fact that you acknowledge what a shitty movie it is doesn't make it not a shitty movie at yeah, the end of the day. I, this, I, what this boils down to is this movie desperately needed to be more of one of the two things. Yes, absolutely. Right? The, the Yes, newsreels give you a good avenue and a believable avenue to deliver pure, unadulterated, raw exposition. It doesn't change the fact that I'm watching 90 straight minutes of exposition. See, that's my point that I was trying to get to earlier, though. You're overweighting the morning mysteries part of this, which almost completely disappears after the first, I have no idea what the time code is. I'm going to say 30 minutes. And then there's a brief thing that happens toward the end where it comes back. And it maybe is a two-minute scene or something like that where it's revealed that Arnold Tesselman was actually our, whatever, Mr. Tully, the demon dude. But neglecting that, like you have this chunk where there isn't any investigative journalism, morning journalism, daytime television, whatever, that is just a solid piece of haunted house movie. But but even in that chunk, I don't give a shit about any of those people. And one of them, I already give a shit about. And I this movie took that away. Like the guy from the first movie, Mitch, I gave a shit about him. I liked so, his character. I watched I watched these close to consecutively, and I, I had watched no them idea literally. Who Mitch was I watched them literally back to back. And did you have any clue who Mitch was? Mitch isn't even in the first movie. He's name checked, but like the actor is not there. I don't think almost not in the first movie at all. He is in it. But just barely. So to clarify, Mitch, the survivor quote from the first movie, is the guy who edits the documentary that is the first movie. It's he's not a member of the Hell House crew. Which I mean, Jake, I think you'll remember me screaming when we watched this for the first time about like how did he become such a shitty actor between movies one and two, and he just isn't in the first one almost at all. Yeah, I mean, so you don't really give a shit about him because he was not really a, he was the closest to not being a character in the first movie as you can possibly get while still having someone be from the first movie. Yeah. Except, even, you know, even you could have probably like, used the lady who was manning the door. Right. Even including the cameraman who they put on, on scene a decent amount in the first one. Anyway. <sighs> Should we just do like a big ass nitpick station thing? I already blew the whistle. I- We've yeah, I thought, yeah. I feel like I mean, we've been doing a lot of nitpicks. Oh, do you do you have a crop just lined up? Do you just want to rattle? What do you what do you want? Okay, so yeah, I do have a crop actually. Uh, I'm gonna start off with a very important one. This is an attention to detail problem nitpick in one of the uh, the interstitial comment card things. 
They yeah. spell anomaly wrong by oh, a just lot. Just so incorrectly. It's not even close. It's not even close. I think it's A-N-O-M-O-L-L-Y. It's anomaly. And we talked about that when we watched it all together. Yeah. Like, it's... They can't fucking spell shit. Baffling. I mean, yeah, maybe run your title cards through a spell check. Uh, next up, he says frequently in the second movie, there's no knob when he's struggling to open a door, and you can clearly see that there's a doorknob. You can see a knob. There's no knob. There's, there's no knob, but there's also definitely a knob. Oh, God. He's a knob. He is a knob. That's uh, my feedback. This is something from the first movie. I will never fully understand why when the when the guy is getting whatever, the sleep sweet dude, the videographer is doing his last documentary self-shot thing and he's getting hunted by the ghost and he's hiding under the blankets. Why doesn't he just fucking scream? There are 5 people within 30 it feet no, of him. I I have that one on my notes too. It makes no sense. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe the, the demonic powers would just not allow the voice to echo or something like that, but still. Which, that which ties it into a nitpick I have in the second one. As Mitch is, is portrayed as a character in the second one that is legitimately concerned about the safety of people based on there being actual ghosts in the house. And then the instant they all get into the house, he's like, let's fucking split up. I think we might all die. Let's split up. Yeah, definitely. It's so yeah. bad. No matter what, if something happens, drop your camera and run. Okay, yeah, cool. Well, you go that way. I'll go this way. Uh, you stay outside. <laughs> we'll have walkie-talkies. Jesus. Um, this is really more of a not pick. This was just something that I was doing in my brain. This would have been a very different movie had the guy played a ragtime tune instead of that creepy-ass four-note thing. <laughs> You know, like, could you imagine this? What movie a weird the, thought, Mark. No, no. It no. was like, it's way too many notes. I had a similar uh, thought, which is just that in the first one, they use the creepy piano key to good effect and without drawing all of your attention to it. And the second one starts off by being like, hey, look at this piano line. Isn't it creepy? You should all be scared of this piano line. Also, well, so we didn't even touch on the fact that this kid was playing the weird demonic piano thing like 30 years ago. Oh, God, I don't even want to. I don't, I don't want to get back in. I don't, Wibbly I don't, wobbly, timey, wimey. I don't, I, don't I don't have the wherewithal. Okay. The best scare in the first movie has actually a lot of issues. So I'm... I, I think I think the, correct me if your opinion is different than mine, but the best scene in the first movie is when the dude <laughs> is locked in the hallway. Correct me if your opinion is different than That's mine. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> the best. I'm going to correct you. My opinion is typically different than yours. Okay. The go, best. Go. The best Let's scene see. in the first movie is when the guy is locked in the hallway and he's filming, and there's a strobe light, and as the strobe is strobing inconsistently, sure. gradually more scary, creepy dudes like, show up in the hallway. We had three freaks, right? Three total freaks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Great so, scene. I think that is objectively the the scariest and best scare scene in the first movie. The one that still hits me the most and the one that got me the most is the first one, is that first turn of the clown doll. Oh, sure. Okay. Anyways, my point is he specifically tells the guy to lock him in and he doesn't have a light on his camera for some reason or a flashlight on his person. Why would you need to be locked in the hallway for that to work? Also, what's the camera that doesn't have a light on it? Well, right, exactly. There are, yeah, so that scene is great, but also don't think about it at all, because as soon as you do, it just fucking disintegrates in your hand like so much dust in the wind. <laughs> 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 uh, 
God damn it. Um, okay. I know we're in nitpick station here and, and look, I, we never want to like single anybody out and then Uh yuck someone's yum. That's just trying to get by in life. Yuck someone's yum. Yeah. That's a thing kids say now. I learned, I don't think I learned that from our friend Jen a. Uh, teens are saying it now. They're playing Fortnite and saying "yuck" someone's. Oh, name. are they? The are fuck? they keeping it one hundred? They're keeping it one hundred. I don't think anyone says that anymore. What the fuck does "yuck" someone's yum mean? Like shit on someone. Like shit anyway. on someone's pot. Wow, that's like the most juvenile possible interpretation of that too. That's what is it this means. like preteen shit? Are you? Expecting I don't know what, there to what be grade does our friend Janae interpretation teach? of something that is coming from literally like eleven and twelve year olds. Yeah, eighth grade. Uh, oh, eighth thirteen grade, and fourteen okay. year olds. Uh, yuck! Someone's yum is so stupid. That's okay, what kids go. say. That's okay, what, yeah, well, I mean, what is, I hate what is it too. yucking? If I said that shit, I'd kick my yucking? own ass. The woman who plays Molly in the second movie. Yeah. Look, I I'm sure you're doing your best. Don't are you? Don't be an actress. <laughs> oh, or man. or if you're not oh, doing your best, Jack. Jack, I got to tell you, this is not a nitpick. <laughs> <laughs> why yeah, I don't know why this is a nitpick. nitpick. I don't know. Look, because I didn't get to it, and it's in my notes. She is impossible to watch in literally every scene. She's not even every scene she's in, because sometimes she's just talking through a walkie-talkie, and I still can't watch it. I uh, she's I'm gonna really fucking on this bad one because I still don't know how much of a burden the script itself was. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It but matters, but you can't be that. It okay, does matter. But I, she's I'm gonna still I'm gonna bad. move past this because I'm sick of yucking yums. Uh, to my final one, which is that the one of the YouTube videos that they randomly cut to in the middle of the morning news segment involves a couple of dudes picking up a hitchhiker, and she says that she has to check into the Abaddon Hotel, and the phrase they use is, "Honey." That place has been enclosed for a long time now. It's yep. been a building. And then they drive her there regardless time. and are reluctant they they are reluctant to drive her there because it's closed and say, let's get her home. No, 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 no Jack. They're and then drive her to the Abaddon Hotel the anyway. You're missing the point. You're They're missing basically the point saying completely. it is a building. Yeah. Honey, that place has been enclosed no, no. for many years now. I, I get that they used the wrong word, and it goes beyond that because their their was whole an existence makes no fen- no fucking sense. I yeah, there no was a, there was an anomaly in the script for that. Whatever, one. I had to say the fucking word whatever. I don't care anymore. Um, the investigative journalist says we found a thing about how it's actually in the fridges in the basement because the cops didn't search the fridges in the basement. Ah, police in this county, am I right? Yeah, you really got to get the county magistrate's office on that. You know, they'll regulate. They motherfucking carried all the bodies out of the basement, and they didn't just look inside the industrial fridges in the basement. That's what you think? That's what you're going to go along with? Jack, there weren't any bodies in the house because they were all carried off to the lake of hell or whatever. Lake of fire. Lake of fire. (laughs) God. (laughs) Um, In three different scenes, all three of the, the scenes of the YouTube interlopers in the second movie, the audio, they tell us the video just kind of cuts off and stops. The audio continues at least one second past the video. Are you saying that the video killed the radio star? Ooh, I might be. Oh, no, except the opposite. Radio the killed audio the video killed star. The video star? Yeah, in this case. Yeah, it's that was the all three. All three clips are supposed to have cut off abruptly, but the audio continues, and the YouTube one, or the video just kind of fades to black. I mean, Makes sense. Yep. 
The batteries <laughs> ran out, Jack. That's how bad the batteries, batteries ran, ran out. out, but we were able to continue capturing perfect audio of people the screaming. The lens turns off first. <laughs> it, it does, does and it? And then the microphone continues for many minutes. For yeah. seconds, yeah. And actually, it's like going blind. Once your lens turns off, you actually have super microphone. <laughs> and then just the whole fucking bar scene. Can I just that whole bar scene is a nitpick. It's, it's beyond a nitpick. It's what it should wrong. not exist. It should not exist. I've been in a lot of bars and I've never seen anybody act like that at a bar. Where they dance? What are you talking about? Oh my god. All of it. The dancing, the the people talking for way too long with the camera turned on there and getting yeah, the weirdly filming, close to each the other. Filming, the people coming back and saying, "We've progressed to shots now." It's it's I all I feel like that has definitely happened in our group at least once. Oh, it's <laughs> happened that people have progressed to shots, but it's never happened like we've come back with two shots, set those shots down on the table, then picked them back up and said, "We've progressed to shots now and not done them immediately." Nobody's I... ever done that. Jack, Jack, I can tell you. I don't know about that. It's going to happen soon. <laughs> <laughs> that that I believe. That yeah, I yeah, believe. yeah. I feel like I feel like it's happened. It, I feel like the law of large numbers says it's, it's already <laughs> happened, but it's absolutely going to happen now. I have, All I right. have, I have two more nitpicks to close out. Uh, so we have. So do it. Well, Jesus. I'm waiting to see if you guys have. Thanks, third else to grader, giving a book hey, report. Hey guys, hey, can I ask you a question? Here's my review of this book. <laughs> Go, Mark. Fucking hell. Do it. Uh, the two sort of stereotypical things this movie does, the second movie does, it does terribly. First off, the enhanced, quote, enhanced audio that it plays over the kid playing the piano 30 years ago. Oh, my God. So it's just he, a fully audible phrase. He, <laughs> yeah, it's just a dude saying, the Abaddon Hotel opens on October 8th. And notably, that audio happens after the kid has already said it. It's... It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, the I don't remember stereotypical that shit. phrase that sounds scary but means ultimately nothing. They have no eyes is used a lot in the first like bit of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh God. Everyone in this movie have eyes. The only person uh, no. who have an eye is only mentioned once. There there is a woman when they're in the full on scare mode towards the end, there's a woman who has like Shit, makeup piled on both of her eyes. No, no, after the one eye. Uh, but even so, almost everyone involved has both eyes. Yes. So they had. They. My point is, they just have this random trope in there of like, oh, scary phrase, and then they do not play it up at all. Mark, and in maybe fact, they're, they use they're a completely different effect where everyone's eyes are like glazed over with white. I think they're trying to be real woke and just referring to the one person who may or may not have eyes as a they. Because they oh, don't use oh, he, she pronouns. Okay. Are you yeah. trying so, to tell me that, that so real eyes realize real lies, Jack? Can we go to ratings? I, yeah, we got to do something. Slam poetry? We're going to ratings. Zeus, poops, and shoes? Where the bad folks go when they die, don't go to heaven where the angels fly. We over at Easy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate Martin's knowledge of the catalog of the band Wings. Martin Gary. I can always spot a newbie. It's my fifth year with Wings. I guess Paul McCartney's got nothing on me, huh? Love, take me down to the streets. 
It's not a wing song. Yeah, it's one of their hits from the 70s. I'm not sure which one. It's not a... It's not... It isn't? No. I think it might be. That's not... Nobody sings that song. I don't know about that. I'll have to Google it. And for 10, think of how Mantis would rate how strong Thanos is. Be quick. He is very strong. Stories, the first category to rate these movies. Jake. Yes, sir. Rate... <laughs> Let's start with Hellhouse Which, LLC for story. Just the first. Just the first Just movie. the first. Let's go through the first. Okay. Uh, first movie, I'm going to give a seven and a half to for story. I think that this is a fresh in its simplicity. We, we've kind of already talked about a lot of this ad nauseum because we're just really focusing this whole podcast on two movies that the story is relatively similar. But what you have here that it has going for it is I like the simplicity and the elegance of said simplicity that you get in this movie, which is the haunted house is haunted. And I think that it does a really good job of that found footage turned out to be the perfect way to do it coming up in future ratings here. Just a solid, solid little movie. Absolutely. Mark, what's your story rating for Hell House LLC? I went a little bit of a different direction. This is a five and a half. It's exactly average. The story is just smart enough to set the stage and then get the fuck out of the way for the rest of the movie to happen. There's not a lot of story here. You have a group of friends who make a haunt, and it's haunted. But that's it's It's a relatively unique scenario, but we've seen it before. Where? This isn't a story movie. Where have we seen a bunch of friends get haunted? The haunted house is haunted. (laughs) The haunted house, I mean, look, my point is the haunted house is haunted (laughs) is just the setting, right? Like, the story itself is just that... My my point is you're not watching this for the story. It's, it's had, had you there, seen a movie about friends making a haunted I, house before I this movie? I don't know that that's true. I don't know that you're not watching this movie for the story. I don't think. Um, okay, well, okay. I, ha- I mean, House is October Built would be a very similar movie. Is that bo- did that come out before this? I don't know that uh, it did. Probably after. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not so, some type of expert on the subject matter. <laughs> what do you think I am? Look, I I gave it an eight. Mark, okay. I kind of understand what you're saying, but at the same time, Jake's point about elegance is kind of what I'm going for here. It, it, I felt the same way when fucking uh, that Green Day song, right? Boulevard of Broken Dreams, that came out. And it was kind of like baffling to what? me that that melody hadn't existed in the musical world before. It's just too simple and good and catchy for it not to have existed before. And that's kind of what this movie is like. It's the The story is... Simple and elegant and really good. And I honestly don't know what came out first. I don't know of a different movie that had this plot so, beforehand. Striking the uniqueness from it. This is a big part of the plot score, story it, score. But well, yeah. and I, that's the point. Is I'm not. I'm saying it should get just... It doesn't get no credit, but I'm not giving it extra credit for it. And you guys are giving it extra credit for it. I think we're making the same point here where it's just it's an elegant enough setting that it just works really well. Mark, so, in, in your defense, which I'm reluctant to do, Houses October Built came out in 2014. So, Boom. Well, and, and also to your point, not to just lump on like praise Mark mode, but like, hey, what happened to this fucking podcast? I know we're getting all snowflakey. This goes against our operating agreement, frankly. Uh, I mean, I mean, what you have at its core is a group of friends are filming what they're doing, and there's dissension and creepiness. That itself is super basic, but yeah. I yeah, there is extra points awarded here because I think there's a simplicity and an elegance on display from a story standpoint. Completely agree that you do not commonly see. Completely, and it's invoked, weird because you Blair this Witch is project earlier, which is a very similar movie yeah. to this one. Yeah, yes, I agree. But it's yeah. weird because this movie comes so much later, and there are so many found footage movies, and yet it breaks through some barrier that and exists. It's a- 
different concept from Blair Witch. Yeah, okay. I don't know. We, I think we've there's said what we're going to say. Yeah, okay. hey, maybe we should move on to the next category. Hell House LLC 2 colon the Abaddon Hotel. Are we snaking this one? Are we going to snake it like it's a draft? Mark should go first I, on this one. Sure. Yes, Mark, you go first. Is that what you Are we doing it? Because it? we should do it and Mark should go first. I gave it a yep. two. Uh, I don't think this is like a... <laughs> Based on my earlier rating, right? This is not a story-rich franchise, and this one actively gets worse. This makes the mistake of actively trying to inject story into most scenes. There's, like I said earlier, there's a pretty good chunk of this where you can kind of let the story fall aside and just watch the movie for what it is. But then they bring the green screen back up, and they try and keep cutting in the the morning news segment. And that's exactly what you don't want. Um where the first one, the story is elegant enough to just get out of the way and you're in the setting and watching these people freak out against the backdrop of a scary place. This one does not have that. It doesn't execute it as perfectly or not yeah. even close to perfectly. You're talking me down off my rating a little bit because I Ooh. gave it a four. Ooh. Um, just because I, I do think the idea of following up a found footage movie like Hell House LLC with this kind of morning news program, which as, as we talked about, is program is yeah, a program. is a paradigm that allows for a lot of exposition, which is necessary in a movie like this, if done well, is a really cool story and could be really cool. There's a reason I was really fucking excited for this movie. But really, yeah, I was. That's why. Let that's, me, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Let me talk you down a little bit further, Jack. Can you take a moment <laughs> to just recognize all of the? Uh, chronosynclastic infundibulation that happens throughout this what is the <laughs> what is the timeline what is the chronology of this movie when I, does the, this is, so a this kid what I'm plays saying. the piano this is 40 what I'm years ago and you give this movie a four this is what i'm saying you've talked me down to a three okay i'm not i i i think the concept of this is cool enough and uh, it's failing in execution more than it's failing in story, which the story was limited to begin with, but it, th- this movie fails more in execution than it does in story. It fails in, in both, but um, I'm going to give it a three. You talked me down, Mark. I give it a three. Jake. Yes. I mean, not a high score. General general story here is kind of what we're talking from the first, but you remove the simplicity and elegance part of it, which brings it to a below average score. I gave this a three and a half. Uh, I'm not going to be besmirched or whatever kangaroo courted by Mark. <laughs> but who are you going to get term. satisfied by? I'm going to get satisfied. Somebody's getting satisfied. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I'm pretty satisfied. Not, this is not a very satisfying story. I, I Mark, think that there pants? was, there was more potential here than the story ended up creating for itself. And that's kind of a weird statement, but like, I think what you were getting at Jack is that the general concept they're looking back on this. It's many years later. There's promise there, but the story that ends up happening, even from a high level standpoint, does not even come close to living up to what the what it could have been. Sure, absolutely. Sure. Okay. Jack, yeah. to answer your question, my pants are much like a wave function. You have to observe them first in order for them to be there. <laughs> your pants? <laughs> yeah. Or not be there. It's it's, it's the clear. Heisenberg uncertainty principle as it pertains to my pants. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a double slit experiment over there. Yeah, exactly. Which is getting into a whole other category I'm stuff. I'm actually I wearing two to. pairs of pants because I'm sitting in front of a slit. World building immersion is our second category. Jake, what is Hell House LLC the original? Fuck! Get for world building and immersion. Eight. 
Yeah. It gets an eight. It's high. Yeah. It's super high. Yeah. I think that the thing that's keeping this from being a higher score, because this is a movie that really sucks you in. It is believable. There's chemistry between the actors. It's an original concept that's getting a bit back into story when I, story when I say that, but it, it really plays through in terms of your ability to follow through on the movie. It loses some serious momentum, in my opinion, at the very end. I think what it goes to, we didn't really talk about this a lot, but it did not need to have what it had in like the last 10 minutes. It has five different endings, I think. Yeah, there were some there were some things that just didn't need to be there. And it took me out. Sure. That's why it's not higher, but it's still an immersive movie by and large. So eight is, I think, reflective of what it does. I don't know. Yeah. Look, it's hard to argue with. I gave it an eight, too. Sweet. Um, I, I think I penalized it a little bit for me not understanding how an abandoned house could come to be like this. And if it, if you want to say it's the demonic possession therein, how these people could come to accept that there's a, an abandoned, foreclosed-upon house that looks like that. So one way or the other, it's getting penalized. It's not perfect, and the end is kind of a mess, but it's really, really fucking high and consistent. Eight. Mark. You guys are way off. I gave it a nine. <laughs> I know, right? So the big the big problems here, this is a fucking very immersive movie. The big problems here, like Jake alluded to, is that this movie could have like literally four or five different endings. And by the time you reach the last one, it's a bit of like you're almost expecting it to keep going. And if you're not expecting it to keep going, it's not a good enough ending for it to actually end on that jump scare. I think it's the weakest jump scare of the entire movie that it ends on, and that ultimately is a problem. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, it doesn't even need to go to that place. Like, I get what it was doing, but it doesn't need to have done it. And yeah. that's um, itself emergent and crushing. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But if my complaint for the overall movie is that the jump scare you ended on is my least favorite jump scare, I mean, you're still doing pretty good. The other, The only other thing I would mention is that there's a lot of disparate narrative tracks happening even in the first movie. You have you have news coverage, you have the documentary, you have the things happening after the documentary has supposedly wrapped, and then you have the actual found footage. It's the movie within a movie within a movie type shit, and at that point, you're like, at a certain point, you have to come up for air, and that also kind of allows you... They have a few points where they hard cut back to them like interviewing Sarah or whoever, and... You're like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Now I remember what's happening. It kind of takes you out. All right, boys, we're going a different direction now. Hell House LLC 2, colon, the Abaddon Hotel. Abaddon. an immersion score. Mark. I'm eating strawberries in the Abaddon. I Um, mean, I didn't forget a letter. Abaddon. I don't know. You forgot that. I gave it a three and a half. I'm panicking. (laughs) So the big difference here, this is actually a really great study of like what happens when you have a good frame narrative versus what happens when you have a bad frame narrative because the first one i actively want to watch that documentary that is something i would organically turn on on a saturday morning and just like watch for two hours that sounds great yeah but the frame narrative for the second movie is something that i would turn on my tv thumb around the channels for a little while and be like okay guess (laughs) i'm not watching tv today I guess I'll start Seinfeld over for the 50th time. Exactly. This is what I've said already on this podcast. The second one actively repulses you for the first half of the movie, and you have to cling to it like a fucking curtain climb 
until it gets good. You have to claw your way back Like that old trope of a narrative. curtain climb from a very specific show from five years ago. Exa- yeah, well, you know, it's just what popped into my head. If you can claw your way back in, it's immersive enough. I, I honestly think the second half of the second movie is still pretty good, except for maybe the ending, which, like the first, is a little long-winded. But... There's quality here. You just have to get through some of the hardest film you'll ever have to watch in order to get there. Uh, Look, I gave it a two. This isn't the worst world building and immersion I've ever seen. They get to build a little bit off the world the first movie (laughs) built. I mean, it's a fucking two. You gave it a two. Yeah. Okay. Mark said you had to cling to fucking watching this thing to get to the part he considered watchable. A two would entail that. Yeah. And then throughout the second half, when you get there, you're still... In a world in which I have a fuckload of problems. I don't like that they're in a tiny room where I don't feel threatened and they prop up a stupid fucking dresser against the door there. I have every ghosts, scene has problems like that. Ghosts are weak to wood, Jack. They're weak Go- to wood. <laughs> they didn't establish that in this movie, Mark. If they said I think they did. we're playing by signs by, rules. By putting that dresser up there, they established that ghosts are weak to wood. Look, if they drop a line in there saying we're we're playing by signs rules, they might have seven. But <laughs> so one of them stands, gets like a Louisville given, slugger out and they're like, given okay, that they didn't. Time. Yeah, I'm at a fucking two. It's bad. You're doing your absolute best to hang in and continue paying attention to the movie, and you get rewarded with, at best, mediocre rewarded. shit. Rewarded. At best, if you if you cling to unwatchable garbage, you oh, get mediocre stuff, oh maybe. God. Cool. Fuck. This is a two. It's not the worst I've ever seen, but it's close. Jake. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do a two, two. I mean. A two, two. You look cute in a two, two. I, uh, yeah, thanks. I think that uh the only thing that you haven't really said explicitly we talked about earlier which is some of the acting oh my god is as repulsive as it could possibly be so i'm sorry and i'm trying to be respectful but fuck me i can't do it <laughs> cannot do it and why did you too yeah yeah there you go yeah scare factor this is our third category. Jake. Yeah. The original. Hell House LLC. The original Hell House Hit LLC. I'm going 7.5 points out of 10. Pretty scary movie. Uh, this thing does the simple, there are things that are natural to the environment they are in, but are off kilter very well. And it also builds tension very well. Tension being one of the key elements of scares we always talk about. But I think that what it does extremely, extremely well compared to a lot of these other movies is it takes that found footage aspect and it plays it in the right way. It's, it's organic enough. And there is enough of a camaraderie. We're going back to our earlier scores among these actors to where this feels like it is a believable thing that is happening. You don't always get that. True. And I think that that's super important for the way in which the scares hit you. There are also some good set pieces at play. We talked about the strobes. The clowns are a great way to go about a lot of this, and they build and they build and they build. A couple things to take away from it at the end, and that's why it's not higher, but this is a pretty scary movie, and I think that it does it through simplicity a lot like the rest of the movie does. I mean, that's that's its bread and butter, and it does it well. Yeah, it, it's... <sighs> It's a really good movie. I gave it an eight for Scare Factor. I wanted to give it a nine, but I think that the the fact that they established the stakes really early helps a lot of aspects of the movie, but it does hurt the Scare Factor, right? Because you know the outcome from the beginning. So throughout all the scares, you know the end result. And for me, like the kind of shit that scares me 
that kind of like unknown weird shit, it, it makes it a little bit less scary when I know that the end result is 15 people died and knowing how those people died can be very scary. I'm giving it an eight, but it just, it's not getting scarier than that for me based on the structure of what they did. But some of the scenes in this movie are fucking freaky. Um, it's just, it's not going to be higher than an, an eight, which is one of the highest scores I could possibly give it. Mark. Uh, some of the scenes in this movie are fucking freaky. I gave it a 10. Fuck. I've seen this yeah. A ten. Yeah. I mean, he said it five times since he said it still freaks you out. So. I've seen this movie five yeah. times. Fuck. Yeah. And I still find excuses to not watch some of the scenes. Like, oh, yeah, no, what? I definitely... What? Whoa, 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 I had to go whoa, get another beer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is what, what this, is, this is what I should be focusing on right now. What ones? Oh, I got a work email here. I'll tell you... Yeah, I'll tell you what. Honestly, this isn't even the scariest one, but for some reason it just works on me. When the dude... When the guy who's doing the video diaries originally gets taken, and he, like, turns the thing on, and the lady's just sitting behind him, and then he sees her, and he hides under the covers... I look intellectually. I understand, like he could just scream and people would come, but like also that is fucking scary, and I don't like it. Because she just persists. Is it the persistence? Because she just yeah, like she's just yeah. a one of my biggest fears is just being like observed by someone. Okay, like, there you go. Like, well, let's dive into Mark's psyche. Yeah, I love this. Like, if, if I ever were to be in my kitchen, like to fill up my water bottle at night or something, I look out in my yard and there's just like someone in the yard staring. Oh, at fuck me. that. That is literally that. the scariest thing that will ever happen to me in my entire <laughs> existence. I, yeah. I, as a new homeowner, we, we still are the homeowner thing. And I routinely think we don't have any shades on any of our shit outside. I routinely oh, think fuck. about that. It's all so just somebody dead, just like sent you letters about something they saw you do at nine fifteen p.m. It's like gigantic windows all over the place Lights and inside. dead black. Yeah. Everywhere, because you can't see outside. That yeah, is just a, a full totally. silhouette. Listener, it's- if you're trying to find where Jake lives, find a house in Boise without curtains. <laughs> and so, yeah, the way this scene is set up is he's doing his video diary. He turns the thing on, he turns it back on, and there's a lady sitting behind him. He doesn't see it first, and then he sees her, and he hides, and then he looks, and she's just staring at him, and then he hides, and then he looks, and then she actually like does a thing. And I don't actually fully agree with the way that scene ends, but still, the <laughs> setup for that scene is so good, and I I feel like I'm. That's not the only reason I'm giving this a 10. There are five or six different scenes of this movie that are so intense and hey, so scary. Hey, Mark. That I still continue on the fifth and probably sixth and probably seventh viewing that I will figure out a reason. why. Oh, what do my palms look like? I feel like my palms look really different right now, you know? Like, oh, look at those things. Hey, yeah. boys, I fucked up here. What? We were supposed to do Scare Factor for Hell House LLC to colon the Abaddon Hotel. I mean, I could just transition directly into that. Yep, we're going to serpentine on that. Well, that's what, we're, that's what we've been doing. This is No, it's time. not. We've been doing 1-1, one, 1-1, one, 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 I think. We were doing 1-2, one, 1-1, one, 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 half, 1-2. It's like I'm a flam so rest. Flam exactly, rest. It eventually settles in a groove. I think it's you'll all, find this is exactly it's, it's what we've been doing It's all based on hexadecimal. Um... I gave I gave the second one a five and a half. Um, obviously, the first one is a scare type that affects me significantly. This is a sub- subjective category. And you Andy Dalton the second. And I Andy Dalton the second. I do feel like the second one still is scary. I could show this to uh, people who are susceptible to still being scared, who are not inured to the you know myriad scares we see all the fucking time and they would still think this is a pretty scary movie i don't want to go below average because this is still objectively a pretty creepy movie 
if you put a bunch of the scenes in a vacuum and you neglect all of the setup for it. Yeah. That's, That's a lot of fucking work you you're doing to make some of the scenes maybe scary. Jack, None of them... when was the last time you watched a scary movie with someone who was like afraid of scary movies? That's my, like, they don't give a shit about the, the setup because you'll get to the point where a clown is, like, stand, sitting in front of a doorway, and that shit is terrifying enough. They don't give a shit that there was morning mysteries beforehand. Well, then those people can give it a fucking 10. I'm giving it a 2. Okay. Mr. Brave over here. I wasn't, like, nothing in this movie feels threatening to me. The, the times when even it's supposed to feel tense... They're in a fucking room and they've leaned up a stupid thing against the fucking door. I'm never scared. I'm never I'm never threatened. All they did is say, moves, hey, Jack. some scary shit happened in the first one. You just called me Zach, I think. I may have. <laughs> God. Is that a fantasy? That's like a half fantasy point. For me. For Jake. I look, this it's movie. Two. Whatever. Fine. You didn't like it. Two. It's not. I agree with you. There are some scenes that maybe in a vacuum could ostensibly be called scary if they're in a 30-second YouTube video. But guess what? They're not that here. They're longer. And when I'm not watching it in YouTube, I'm not scared of it. Put me in the fucking hell house. I'll win. Put me in, coach. No, you won't. You'll apologize for being there, and then you'll film and your foam runs out of battery, and the lens turns off, and then the microphone continues to work for a little while. I'm doing neither of those things. I'm not filming. I'm not going to film if my phone is below 20% battery, especially if I can't get out. I'm not going to run weakly at a wall and slam into it not very hard. Can we talk about the Foley work in this fucking movie? That guy hit the front door with almost no force and then crumpled and grabbed his shoulder like he's a hurt person. I'm going to get out of this fucking house. Guess what? If the front door is deadbolted, interior walls insulation and siding are a lot less thick if you go at them hard. I'm going to get out of this fucking house. I'm not scared. I'm not scared listener, of it. It's a two. Listener, I really hope that the anger is coming through. <laughs> Try to lock me in a house. I'll fucking get out. Oh, oh, that would actually be really fun. Can we do this like one of this one Sunday? <laughs> Just lock Jack in a house and wait and like start a stopwatch until he gets out. I'll get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> you wow. have a separated shoulder and a herniated disc, but God damn it, you'll get out. I have three knives on my person presently. Jake, what's your Jake? scare factor score? I, this That took so long. I gave it a four. I don't, there's not a whole lot more here to add. This movie, I do agree with what Mark says about after we get to the Abaddon Hotel... There are scenes here that exist and that I think do relatively good work. However, it is all, to my recollection in my state that we were in, it is all so shot by what comes beforehand that it makes it hard to really enjoy. I'm trying not to make this an even lower score like you did, Jack, because I feel like a little bit of the immersion creeped in there. And... I think that four feels about right. But the thing is, and I think that Mark said this too, is the kernel here, if you're just a person watching this movie, it still has the beats that we all know and love from the original Hell House. It's just hard to find. So the framework the framework here sucks, but you still have the same general beats. It's a 
kind of a difficult scare factor score because I can't give it a high score. It's a hard we all movie know why. It's a hard movie to review. We all know why. Really but at the same time, what what exists in the first film also exists here. There's just not enough of it. Not nearly enough of it. Is subtlety is subtlety the thing you're looking for here? Subtlety is a big part of it. Quality? But there's also all like the whole first movie is legitimate, creepy being in the hotel, blah, blah, blah. Whereas this movie is not that. That's like half at best. Yeah. It's... So. Fuck. Just, uh, effects are just as like they're of the original. Go. I'm oh, my God. Now. We're snaking. Hold on. I got to take a drink of beer. I feel like you go first, don't you? Oh, Jake goes first. Whoever you goes just know, how us? have we forgotten how a snake works halfway through the snake? Oh, because we never do snake. Snake we never do start snake, in the Jake. middle and work outwards and then back inwards. Holy fuck, dude. It's hexadecimal. We've covered this. Look, uh, I do. I think props in the first movie are really what it has going best for it. The environment that they create that is the Abaddon Hotel feels believable and i think that that comes from the fact that they set up some spooky shit they got at spirit or whatever halloween store you'd buy it from amazon i don't give a fuck inside of a hotel or inside of a house or whatever and then they created what they created it's simple it works i don't want to call it judicious lack thereof necessarily but there's not a lot of stuff going on here that i would consider to be like over the top whatsoever uh couple little scenes where like mark the one that you mentioned that uh, makes your skin crawl makeup i don't know not the hottest i've ever seen it uh it, it works it fulfills its duty it if you look at it really closely is a bit jank but it i'm not complaining about it i think that this is a relatively decent movie from this perspective but not overwhelmingly awesome i'm gonna give it a six and a half uh yeah look i'm gonna give it a six um i think wow wow maybe I mean, the fact that you gave it a six and a half kind of makes me want to give it a seven because I disagree with you on the judicious lack thereof part. But I think part of that is comparing it to the second one, right? They, especially for opening a gateway to hell at the end of the movie, they don't show you a lot and they don't need to show you a lot, and especially shit that wouldn't show up on the cell phone cameras that are there. I think they do a pretty good job of that. I, 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 I don't think they do anything groundbreaking. They do a pretty good job. That's why I gave it a six. Um, Mark? I gave it an eight. Wolf. I love the use of cheesy props in the background to yeah. the way they play between what should and shouldn't be scary is really, really interesting. The elegance of the of the four note piano key thing and actually just the timbre okay. of the piano they use. Yeah, okay. It's really sound, nifty. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um the only things I ultimately don't like are there's a little bit of CG smoke, like the smallest amount of CG smoke at the end. And I honestly don't even know what they were trying to go. It's like the black figure reaching around the corner and they, they keep lingering on this like handprint that's pulled off the bottom stair. And that's clearly what was supposed to be doing it. So there's that thing, but also just the general costuming of the hooded cult figures is not great. I don't know when they do the thing where they like linger on the shot they got from the strobe light hallway. And it's a guy in very clearly a Halloween mask, and he just has like it's just a Halloween mask, right? That those those are the problems with this movie. But ultimately, and I think you guys included this mostly in your story category, which is weird because we don't usually have the the flip flop between story and effects. But just the elegance of like the setting is a haunted house 
so you need right. to have these cheesy effects. Right. All and the, the way they Halloween make the shit. cheesy effects scary, yeah. but also the scary effects cheesy. And there's this there's a fucking clown walking around also for some reason. There's three clowns walking around for some reason. Yeah. That type of stuff is what makes this from an effect standpoint look really I, I smart. Do, I don't want to disagree with your eight score. I I like it. Okay. I cool. wish I'd been courageous enough to give it. Mark what are you going to give Hell House LLC to colon the Abaddon Hotel? Uh, it's going to get a three and a half for me, dog. Uh, it's losing. A <laughs> little pitchy. It's a little yeah, pitchy. It's a little pitchy. Uh, and this is, uh, I don't feel like, I don't know, maybe this should have been a little bit higher because I feel like I'm penalizing it for not being unique where it's still the same IP. You probably still should garner some of that same. It's a haunted house, so the cheesy effects are still cheesy. But also, I feel like they actively did a worse job in this movie of, like, blending the thing that's actually scary into the things that aren't supposed to be scary. You know? Case in point would be the scene where the medium dies, and, like, they just show the girl sitting back in the chair looking directly at the camera, and no one seems to notice that there's a new girl in the room. And then they zoom back, and she's standing up and looking, and I'm like, yeah, I could have fucking told you there was a new person in the room. You saw that already. They, they start right off by zooming in on the stuff that makes found footage scary. Hey, look, there's a ghost in the background. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, that's the main thing. But also, they show a lot more in this movie. They show a legitimately full CG portal to hell in this one. That's a problem. I don't want to see that. Yes. And certainly the there's a better way to do it than having some high school animator do it for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Boom, fire. Three and a half. I gave it a three. Okay. Um not only is the Foley art on this movie hot fucking garbage. <laughs> it's 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 as noticeable as in Monty Python when they break out literal coconuts to mimic a horse. Like it it's so bad. It's terrible. And sometimes just non-existent. And then Mark, should what you they said, have should they have broken out the coconuts? Yes, they should have made it a joke. It's bad. <laughs> they actually they, instead of the footsteps that they have walking through the house, they just have coconuts. Coconut clops, yeah. And then I'm fully on board for this movie. The actual monsters they show, you can tell it's a pile of makeup over their eyes. And it just doesn't look good. And everything There's, else you said of of between these movies. This is the one, the second one is the one that is not judicious lack thereof. No. (laughs) They do. They do a lot of things. And poorly. Yes. And like you said, they show a literal port of the hell and it looks like hot garbage. So fuck all of it. Yep. It's a three. (laughs) Not all of it is the worst. That's why it's a three. Oh my God. Jake. Three and a half. Same reason, same scores. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Overall, Jake. Uh, Hell, Hell House, House LLC. LLC, the original. This is a very good movie. I'm giving it an eight and a half. I don't know wow. what kind of a tilt that is for me, but this movie significant. Is, yeah, it's this movie up, is upward. Yeah, this movie is one of the better found footage movies I have seen. It hit me originally by surprise. It stood the test of a second viewing and now a third. And I think the thing that is most impressive about this when I look back on it as a holistic experience, if you want to call it that, is that this fucking movie is something that happened at, like, I think, I don't want to call it the end of the found footage boom, because I don't know when that's actually going to end, 
But this movie is one of the strongest found footage entries I have ever seen, and it's happened after just an explosion, a litany of these fucking things. Look, it's after and the yet, it's, it's after the Paranormal Activity series jumped the shark, right? Yes, and it is still carving a completely unique place for itself. Honestly, the only thing that's keeping this from like being right there with and I don't even know I I think this is right there with my score as far as like technical acumen is concerned with Blair Witch I do drastically prefer that movie despite the fact that this is a perfect rating system this movie does what a found footage movie needs to do I think better than anything that I have seen in off the top of my little brain's memory right now outside of that yeah I'll buy that I Look, mean, that's pretty big praise. Like, come at me. I gave it Four, an eight. Okay. I'm not I'm not coming at you. I gave I gave it an eight. It's a little bit of a tilt up for me. This movie's great. It's watchable as all fucking get out. Yes, it's great. It's fantastic. Yes, I, yes. I don't have anything to add. Mark. Uh for the record, listener, if you're if you're taking notes and you wrote a question mark earlier and you wanted us to follow up on this, Paranormal Activity jumped the shark when it started using the Xbox Connect video controller thing that would be that's a shark when it jumping. jumped the shark that would be a shark jumping yes yes yep i gave it an eight and a half yeah. uh this is a truly phenomenal movie i we've belabored the point at this stage i oh, I, yeah. I do think that it's worth it to note that it is still good after many viewings there that's are a few great. movies that we've I'm watched excited by twice. That, I'm, I'm gonna keep watching well this. that's i mean that's what this boils down to is the movies that you're that you can consistently go back to are good and the movies that you can consistently go back to and you appreciate them as much or more, those are great. And that's what it's yes. sounding like for yeah. you is you're finding ways to not watch some of these scenes after five times, which is crazy. Exactly. Yeah. The okay. only thing I don't like about this movie, and I is forget about it every time, the end? is the ending the end? is way too prolonged. Too many things happen at the end. And it's of kind movie. of fucking stupid. It's really stupid. And you... You need it to happen, but also it's a it's a pretty shitty jump scare to go out on. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> the yeah, reason yeah, yeah, the yeah. reason this movie is great is because of the middle ninety percent, and it's the the tail ends of that that are the problems. But you know that's still I don't have great. a problem at the beginning. Okay, whatever. The, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean you don't have a problem at the beginning either, Mark. It's not the middle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fuck. What is your overall score? For Hellhouse LLC two colon the Abaddon Hotel. Abaddon, you're Abaddon. doing it differently. It's not a Abaddon. fucking dinosaur. God, uh, you will be distressed to hear to hear I am giving this a small amount of tilt up. I gave it a four and a half. It's much much worse than the first, and honestly, its biggest sin is having the Hellhouse name appended to it. Nope, its biggest sin is being a garbage fucking a film. Vacuum, I can't wait to see what Jack gives it. Yeah, I mean, he's going to give it a one. It's going to be great, but whatever. He's not. He's not. If he's you not. were to remove that bit from it and go into this cold, I actually feel like you'd want, you'd, you would like this significantly more than if you watched this as a double feature with the first movie because it just pales in comparison. The second half is actually a pretty decent movie. The first half is unwatchable swill. It's worse than average because of the setup for the overall frame narrative. But like, if you allow yourself to get past that, it's a decent enough movie. It's four and a half. I gave it a two. Look, I disagree with you. It's not. I know even, you do. Even if I remove the first from it, I still have to get through the first half of a movie to get to an acceptable viewing experience. I have to watch half a movie acceptable. before it 
becomes an acceptable viewing experience, that's a garbage movie. And then I add on a terrific movie that this just chat upon. I won't do it. This is two. This is, this is, it's not the worst. It's, it doesn't offend my sensibilities that it exists, but I'm not going to fucking watch it. It's, it's a two. I'm upset. I had to watch it twice. You didn't have to. I didn't. Well, fuck. You made a better decision. I watched it once and I can tell you what I gave it. Yeah. What did you give it? Uh, I gave it a three and a half. I this is a bad movie. I think where I kind of diverge from Mark a little bit. Like, look, we all gave it a low score, right? The movie okay, Mark gave I, it an almost average score. I agree with you, Jack, in the sense Full that point I, below average. I do not want to watch a movie that okay. You disconnect this from from the original, right? That's something you said, Mark. Yes. Completely agree with Jack. First half is unacceptable. Swill, whatever. Blah blah blah. That's yeah, that's not good enough. And I would argue to diverge from you, Mark, that you can't really watch this movie totally disconnected from the first. There's no point to going into this without having seen the first. This is a movie that's relatively dependent upon knowing what happened in the first. If you go into this and see it first, my question to you is a firm and frank why? <laughs> we why? Why? Why the would Transporter you do that? Two is there, the better film. Oh my there god! There are so there is many. No scenario where you would go into this and be able to disconnect it from the first. There are so many creepy hotel videos on YouTube. I'll just fucking watch those. I look. I we none of us liked it. I, the whole point of this shit. Here's the thing. We are not doing a buddies whatever. Watch it or don't watch it. We all liked the first movie a whole hell of a lot. We all really didn't like the second one. But we also enjoyed watching it and being drunkards. I I agree with that. But what I'm going to say is that <laughs> do this, but do it with the first movie. Just okay. go and watch the first movie. In any scenario you can possibly paint, I... outside of potentially wanting to torture someone, go and watch Hell House LLC. Don't go and watch Hell House LLC 2, semicolon, the Abaddon Hotel, Jack. A bad, Second question, but I have, bad I have a much more important question. Jack, you have yes, to sir. pick one of these movies to drink beers with and watch with your buddies. Jesus. Okay? You have to watch either Hell House LLC II colon the Abaddon Hotel or The Taking of Deborah Logan, both of which you gave a two to. Yeah. Which are you going to choose? It's... So the thing is, I'm trying to look, I'm trying to give it a real honest answer. I watched both are movies. I hate one. I I had to watch one. I watched twice. So right now I'm saying Hell House LLC to the Abaddon Hotel because I watched that shit twice and both times it fucked me. It was it was a cake that tasted bad and didn't get any better than the second. Oh, it was a garbage tasting. cake. It was a cr- it, it was, was a cake made of sewage, and that it didn't get any better on the second bite. So you're gonna take a third bite of it with your buddies? No, I'm saying I'd rather watch the taking a Deborah Logan with you boys right oh, now. Oh, oh, oh! You said the exact opposite of the no. Thing I don't you just think said, I did. So. Okay, you're drunk, Mark. Anyone can see that. Time will tell. Time will tell. Well, if it does, I'll edit it out. So. Okay. <laughs> Extended scarecrow. Should we get the fuck out of here? Uh, no. No, we should not. Why? This has been long. 
because we had to talk about two movies. That's how this goes. But, Jack, we're into October. We're at the end of any possible recommendations that we've been able to have gotten. Well, we have some Swedish recommendations. I, we'll get to that. They're not Swedish. They're Icelandic. Icelandic. We'll get to our Icelandic folk in after the October or whatever. Guys, there's a tradition now with our website and our podcast, and that is during the month of October, we watch horror movies that are in some way, shape, or form reminiscent to us of the Halloween season that we all love. We got to pick those movies. We have to do it. Okay. Jack doesn't want to do it. Look, I, I'm i upset. I'm angry and I'm upset, and I'm worried I'm going to take it out on you boys and make Why? you watch some truly heinous shit. Why? I don't know. Fuck you. Mark, what the I hell? I don't know, comma, fuck you. I'll add uh, that as a uh, What the fuck? <laughs> it's a lot of low energy, guys. Should we take a break for a moment? Let's put some Scarecrow in here. Let's get the energy up. Let's Does somebody have any whiskey? Does somebody be. have some whiskey for me? Oh, you guys, yeah, you guys should totally himself. shoot some whiskey. Do that. All right, we're... I'm I'm ready, boys. I'm ready. I've I've gotten over my bad attitude there. My my sulking's over. We're gonna start off with a movie that I'm hoping is gonna become an October tradition for me. It's it's a new one. It's a new pick for me. Just recently available on Amazon Prime. Hereditary. Okay, that sounds that, good. I haven't seen uh, it yet. I've, <laughs> okay, I'm excited. It's actually sh- fun fact. It's sitting on my mantle in Blu-ray form. I haven't watched it yet. Fuck so, yeah. Cool. Fuck talk. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mark, you're second. Uh, this goes back to one of the first Halloween parties I threw when I was a kid. This was the first Halloween where I stopped trick-or-treating and I had a bunch of people over. We just got candy and bowls because we you were could what? do that at that age. 23, 24? I can't yes. quite remember. Probably eighth grade-ish, ninth grade. <laughs> so 23, 24. <laughs> 14, 15-ish. Yeah. Um... We watched uh, The Exorcist. We haven't watched this yet on this podcast. It's a fucking indisputable <laughs> horror classic. And side note, I, was I also waiting. just watched The fa- the Devil and Father of Morth, which I really want to weigh in on. So really want it, it's, my, it's my ringtone presently. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to watch Tubular Bells. I like that. I like that. Jake, what about you? Yeah, we've been waiting for The Exorcist for so long. It's weird to me to have to bring in the sort of, I don't Halloween know, schlock. Part? Schlock, I, Halloween part, yeah. But schlock, I don't know. Schlock isn't the right word, but when I tell you what movie I'm going to have to add based on what your guys' selections were. Is you'll it Halloween it. Town? Oh my God, please tell me it's Halloween Town. No, it's not. That's that's too kiddy. Uh, Focus, we're going to do something a little bit different, but it has quite the Harvest Halloween Let's just call it a visual flair. We're going to watch a Tim Burton flick. Sleepy Hollow. Ooh. I want to check out that fucking thing. I haven't seen that in a long time. Me neither. God, I remember that came out. That was a whole thing. That was a whole Johnny Depp, Gina Ricci. It's 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 going to be interesting. Last year, if you guys will recall, uh, I wanted to watch the uh, animated version of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's and one of my favorites. And I, now I, I want to watch that. this version. <laughs> and that, now I want to watch a different thing. I want to watch a different thing on t- entirely. But, <laughs> you know, that's that's the way we roll here. 
All right. Guys, that's a great slate of three movies. They're all very different. I'll tell you that much. They are very different. Let's, Let's get, get the, the fuck out of here. Out of here. <laughs> this has been episode 106 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to A to Z Horror.com or hang out with us on either of our social media channels. That is Facebook. That is also Twitter. And those links are going to be right down there in the description below. As always, pick up that uh, phone that I'm sure you're listening to this on right now and go to your podcasting app of choice. We don't judge. Send that link on over to somebody that you know that likes horror. Let them know that we exist. And uh, while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and give us a like, give us a rating, review, whatever you want to do. We judge if it's Stitcher. I understand Stitcher to be a garbage program. Believe it or not, it helps. Even if it's Stitcher, it helps. If you can find us on Stitcher, Stitcher has some problems. Sponsor us, Stitcher. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. That link's down there in the description below as well. Next week, we're picking up with these uh, Halloween season autumnal classics selections things. We're going to check out Jack's pick. We're starting off with Hereditary. That's a whole hell of a thing. That's brand, pretty much brand new. 2018 coming at you next week. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. You know, like, could you imagine this movie instead of the dun dun dun? It was like ba da 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 ba da 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 da.